who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. My name is Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at BufferingCast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Mother May I Sleep a Podcast is brought to you in part by the Lifetime Movie Club, the ultimate streaming destination for Lifetime movie lovers. Choose from 100 movies at any time with new movies rotated in weekly to keep things fresh. And you can watch anywhere on your favorite device. As a bonus, listeners of this podcast get an exclusive one-month free trial. Go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash malls to start your free month now. That's LifetimeMovieClub.com slash M-O-L-L-S. Welcome to Season 3 of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. When I first came to Sutton Academy, I saw it as a place of history and possibility. A tradition of excellence. And best of all, a ticket out of my regular life. I loved it. The ivy-covered buildings, the wooden grounds, the pictures of rich dead people. All those things that a girl like me from just down the street has always dreamed about. But it didn't take long to discover what was really going on behind. Welcome to Mother May I Sleep with Podcast Season 3. I'm going to let you know in advance. You'll probably notice throughout as well. I have a lingering sinus infection and then like post-Japan allergies. As you guys know, I went to Asia. I have still a totally Asian mouth sore, I've been calling it. It just like showed up on my face. Um, I've never had a cold sore before. Um, and I didn't like do anything. Um even remotely promiscuous, although I will say I was asked on a couple dates um, by a nice Japanese man. Um, I didn't know what their end game was. Um, but I assume it was to have like just a nice time with a fun American girl or maybe marriage. Um, because I don't really see a Japanese one night stand happening. Point being, I don't know how I got the sore on my face unless maybe something I drank out of wasn't washed well. 
Point being, today's guest is uh, Desi Jedekin. Hi, how are you? Hi. You're from one of my favorite podcasts, Hollywood Crime Scene. That's right, I am. And you know how <laughs> nervous I am right now, too. You're really nervous, but I don't think you should be. I've dealt with an illness while podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> and it was not fun. But... Well, it's also a lot of pressure because we have a lot of new listeners. Right. I've had a lot of people barking down my sweet little neck, uh, wondering where this season is. And I tell you, you know what? I'm not going to do a half-ass job for you. No. I love y'all. So that's why I, it is. This is my passion project. Like no one is getting this, like no one's getting anything from this, but me, like everyone else is put out by this. I assume even you guys are listening to this. You're like put out by it. I get it. I, and so I, all I want to do is that if I'm going to have like my little, like my little niche art project over here, I want to fucking kill it every time. Um, and I just, I'm nervous that I'm not going to. And I also have been reading some comments and, um, I know that there's some things I want to just address them. First of all, <laughs> let's clean slate. I'm the shit and I don't care about anything, but, um, <laughs> uh, I want to address some things because I do. I do care about everything and I care about you guys. And I want to say thank you if you're new to the show and thank you if you're coming back. Here's the podcast. It's season three. I've been putting it off. I was dealing with depression. You guys, it is not an easy pod. Oh yeah. Desi, I put it right out there. I had some <laughs> mental illness issues. Uh, in addition, a trip to Japan, a short lived relationship and, um, you know, I'm always worried about my dog. Um, probably could be de- doing better with my writing and other things like that. A lot of like inner turmoil, a lot of law and order SVU revisited. And, um, yeah, I just have been putting this off because I want it to be perfect. And in that time, I've gotten some great shout outs for my favorite murder. So I know a lot of you guys are here now. And I just want to say, love Karen, love Georgia, love their numbers. Um, and I hope Desi, <laughs> I hope you enjoy them as well. I do enjoy them because Hollywood crime yeah. scene is, you know, it's, it's almost as if there's room for all of us. That's actually one of the reasons I came up with the idea because I couldn't get enough true crime shows. Right. And I was always looking for more and I didn't really care for a lot of them. I do like my favorite murder because it was more of a casual. A lot of the true crime can be kind of stale. Yeah. And I, I like, like that bros. too. It's like it's just a little bit too yeah. whatever. So I thought I would start my own and kind of fill the void. It's like- fun. It's <laughs> sexy. You do it with uh, Rachel Fisher who right. I didn't realize I found you guys' podcast and I'm going to come back to you, audience, in a second because I have some things to say about your iTunes comment. <laughs> but I found you guys' podcast because I was in Chicago for the Emotionally Broken Psychos Meetup, um, which is another podcast I host. And it was fabulous. And I was hungover in bed. And I had met this girl out the night before, Holler at Me. That's her username. And she's Jenna. And she's like someone who just kind of knows everyone online. And she doesn't do like any one thing that you'd be like, Oh, that's how everyone knows her. But like literally everyone fucking knows her. So I wake up early. I'm laying there and I'm like, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to search my favorite person on the podcast store, Tanya Harding. (laughs) My real favorite person everyone knows is Jodi Arias. But I was having like a little like... um, You were cheating. I was a Gemini that day. Like that was my Gemini moon showing itself. So um, I find Tanya and I start listening. It's great. And I like don't even realize like anything. And then all of a sudden holler at me comes in. She's like, that's Rachel and Desi. And I was like, huh? Cause like, first of all, she just got you off your voices. Oh, well she's, she knows Rachel more probably. So right. she recognized Rachel. But like, she also like probably knows me more, but like, right. Hung right. Out, like twice, but like once in Chicago. And then once I went to Vegas to spend New Year's Eve with her, like <laughs> that is the kind of like 
holler at me's in. Yeah. She really wants to do this show too. So she comes in. She's like, that's Rachel and Desi. So then I go on Twitter and I'm like, let me find them. Follow both of you. Right. I'm like, oh, I know who the, exactly who the fuck these people are. Right. So all of a sudden, I'm like, I love this podcast. Love these gals. Let's meet up for a drink. First of all, I thought you were literally 23 until like, <laughs> I don't know what. Like, till I was like, hey, you were like, I have kids or something. And I was like, what? Like, I thought you were my age. And in LA, I'm 34, by the way, just for anyone out there. In LA, 34, like, you don't have a child. Like, maybe if it was a mistake or like, it just like. But I'm from my trash, so I'm like a grandmother having kids. How, okay, how old were you when you had your first child? I was in my 30s, like, like I had to get the test. That's how old. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, you didn't know. What do you mean? No, I, you have to like when you're a certain age, oh, you have to you get tests to make sure, sure they don't have disorders. I mean, you can have yeah. them without the test, clearly. Sure. But I didn't want to. No, I understand. <laughs> Look, I'm just saying. That's a huge. That's a huge thing. Yeah. Uh, it's a decision. So anyway, uh, skating past that, um, I guess I'm already in trouble. Uh, I I just want to say that I'm really happy you're here. Me to, too. To I'm excited. I actually wanted to come on this podcast when I, I listened to it before. I, I mean, I knew you from Twitter. Well, and I, I know knew John was on it. Humiliated me in, on your own podcast. Uh, <laughs> I am a Patreon donor. Okay. <laughs> And I did not get my shout out. Um, and I would like you to, if you join their Patreon, to hold them to that. Right. To send a message and say, what the fuck, guys? Where's my a shout out? A lot of time, Rachel does the shout out. So I'm throwing yeah. her under so the bus. So it's on Rachel. So come on. It yeah. is on Rachel. Yeah. Come on. But I texted you and I said, like, wow, um, still waiting for that Patreon shout out. <laughs> like, and, and then I gave you, like, a really good Patreon shout out. No, but, like, no. <laughs> and then you, like, literally treated me like I won the most improved medal. Like, most well, you know what? I did. I did want to use it as an opportunity to thank you because you have been a good supporter of the podcast. So I did sort of My take pleasure. that opportunity. So, course, I mean, look, course. I have manners. But after this, can we like never talk about numbers again? Like, no, I don't want them between us. I still have no. people who come to my birthday party and they're like, thanks for your help with my career. I'm like, can we just be friends and spend six years? Right. Like, right. I didn't help you with anything. You had a bomb ass podcast. <laughs> I listened to it. I look, I'm not giving you all the credit. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, I know that I know that I got you guys started. I appreciate yeah. that. Like, I, I'm sure. No, I don't talk about numbers. No. I, to me, that was more appreciation. No, I know you don't. I'm just For saying, sure. like, you know what I'm saying? When, no, like, I got it. I got it. But anyway, Girl, you it. when you did your tribute piece to me, that was humiliating and uh-huh. literally had me like, I was like, I don't forget where I was, but I remember being in a ball and I just was like, texting you like i am mortified <laughs> and you knew what i was talking about i knew instantly most people wouldn't they'd be like what'd you do now uh, so i feel like we've cleared that up yeah we're good you're welcome for your career thank and you. also thank you karen and georgia for mine and right, um see? and thank you yeah no, <laughs> Will they i know they be humiliated i don't think so no they wouldn't be it's humiliated. A common karen and georgia thank you for everyone if you guys haven't heard of a podcast my favorite murderer they're kind of an up and starting like little thing they're doing okay i think mm-hmm. you should check them out subscribe on itunes maybe throw them a review i think they'd really appreciate it um i am very appreciative of your reviews that you've left since you've come over i have noticed some common themes and this is where I want to back it up because it's not just me being sensitive. It's adding context to this entire podcast. Now, when I say I've worked in Hollywood, I mean that I've worked for like three years on a multi-cam sitcom, which is not at all like a movie. I worked in editing on a couple reality shows, not like a movie. I worked in uh 
PR on a movie uh, for Wedding Crashers. So everything was done. And I just escorted Bradley Cooper on the Four Seasons. And he was a young <laughs> unknown. He stole my lighter. Um, my mom gave to me uh, before I moved to LA. Um, still love you, Bradley. Um, he said I was funny. Felt really good about myself. And Owen Wilson waved to me. Um, so that's like the extent of my knowledge of film, except for that I also was a film studies major at Boston College. So I've seen a lot of movies, uh, made some movies um, on Super 8. Uh, and uh, I, I just, I watch movies. I understand generally what things cost. I think that's fair. Now, when Malls comes in and is like, I feel like I'm Malls. If I'm like, I feel like that wardrobe person just went to TJ Maxx and like pulled a white blouse off the thing and like didn't even look at the size. I'm not dissing TJ Maxx. No, right. I am talking about Hollywood movie, big budget, Lee Daniels, the Butler costume design. Okay. I'm talking about when someone has just like a stray ass, like they read to Airbnb for a Haley Duff movie. That thing obviously costs $3,000 a night, but then they shove a random home goods, like, <laughs> and, like nightstand at the end of the thing. And it's like, oh, so I'm to believe that these people own a $4 million home and then they have a home goods nightstand. Right. Not realistic. No. So a lot of people came at me being like, Molly's so classist. Yeah. And I would re- honestly, I wish, like, I really wish that like this was coming. No, I don't. I've been a bitch before. Uh, the first time I made money ever, I was like kind of a cunt, but I also was like nouveau riche and embarrassing. So like, it's okay. Then I lost all that. Then uh, now I'm okay. But I, I just am surviving minimally at all times. And again, I'll remind you, I don't get paid for this. Um, so I don't, I'm not a fancy person. I'm wearing overalls right now and a guy's shirt and an American apparel sweatshirt I've had for four years. It doesn't even have a zipper on it anymore. Uh, I don't leave Glendale. I have a very modest home. I too shop at Home Goods, um, and I uh, I'm a little snobby about certain things. It's jarring. All good people are. Yeah. Oh, snobbery is jarring. No, a Home Goods dresser or a nightstand in a form. Oh, oh house. yeah. Like, thank you. Yeah. Like, it's not that if it was going for Home Goods look, then that's fine. Exactly. But that's absolutely not what movie productions are going for. Like when you watch Jurassic Park, you know Laura Dern's shirt that she has to wear throughout that whole. That's a six hundred dollar linen shirt, right? And that was a well-placed shirt and that was perfect and it got the job done. Now when they stick, uh, stick, uh, Haley, Haley Duff and her six months pregnant jugs and like a cloth Ross dress for less ribbed shirt with like a little sweater wrap over it that's like definitely Talbot sale. Like there and lies the, where was the planning? What does right. this mean? You're distracted from the uh, story. Yes. Yes. It's always the shoes too. That's why we talk about wigs. That's why we talk about hair and makeup. That's why we talk about all these things. So I just want you to remember that I'm not saying poor people suck. I love poor people. I am one. I also say it. What's wrong with the discount? Nothing. Right. But in a movie. Yeah. So there's a lot wrong actually. Like, no. USC students have better films sometimes than Lifetime. I don't know if I've ever seen one, but I've heard that they've had people who are now famous in them. Um, another thing I noticed was a lot of people don't like it when I talk about politics, and they don't like it when I am drunk and or high. Um, I think the most glaring example of me being drunk was the Ali Ward episode 
where, um, I don't even remember what we covered dangerous girls or something like something called that. It was just like, so like it was death click, death click. Now, by the time Allie had gotten here and she's not drinking cause she has at the time, I don't know if still had an undiagnosed disease that she couldn't drink. She's alive. She's fine. Um, but she couldn't drink. And it was the day after the election, which started a nice little three week bender for me. So, you know, I am not one to cancel things for no reason. And just because I can't stand or speak, it doesn't, at the time, it didn't feel like a good reason to cancel. I couldn't see. Almost professional. Yeah. I couldn't see anything getting changed in the immediate future unless like the like entire election got flipped on its head. So I was just like, I am drunk all the time now and that's who I am. And this is who hosts this podcast. But also I was like, Allie can take this. I've known her for a long time. She's smart. She could take the wheel and she sure did. Uh, so please, I ask for a little bit of forgiveness. If malls, um, you know, maybe the Texas cheerleader scandal, not the best movie. Yeah, I did take an edible. Okay. We had a lot of fun anyway. Um, and I'm sorry if you can't have fun and I'm sorry if you don't like to listen to this podcast because I speak my beliefs because, um, I think lifetime would want me to do that. I think so. Yeah. It's a network for women. What if we made a movie about me fighting to talk about how much I hate Donald Trump on this podcast? I think that would be, have more plot than this movie we watched. <laughs> this movie had a very thin plot. You guys, anyway, it's restless virgins. I'm very happy that you gave me this movie. I really? was on the fence because I wasn't sure. And we had talked about other ones before. So how much like, okay, well, a lot of the ones that we had talked about, and we'll go through this because the okay. audience should know. Okay. We talked about like the Brittany Murphy movie, for example. Right. People want to know why I don't just <clears throat> give them the slam dunks. They're like, why don't I just get... Get all the big ones. Yeah. Right. And you want to know why? Because no. And also, that's not what Lifetime is. Have you ever watched the Lifetime Movie Network? You have to sit through like six things starring Dean Kane before you get one Tory Spelling. And that just right. is what it is. Um, so. This isn't even a Dean Kane. No, I we wish. We get Charlie Carver. Who's, who's like, that? He's the, um, he's Dylan, who I think is the Donald Trump Jr. character. Yeah, he's hot. Uh, and he was on Desperate Housewives. Oh, he, he was. He was one of Felicity Huffman's sons. Yeah, he was really hot, and I liked some things about it. But he also was He's such like a bad star person. Of this movie. I mean, other than Timothy Busfield, I don't know if you count him. Who is that? Oh, he's Lucas. the dad. No, Timothy Busfield was the dad. These people, that pe- okay. those people meant that much to you. Look, <laughs> I know who they were. Oh, right. That's the I only that's reason they meant that. anything. Like Timothy Busfield was in. That's why was they stacked Pretty Little Liars with like all different ages of right, celebrities. Like the, the parents were yeah. like from Melrose Place, which or I thought it was a little bit like talking down to the audience. I don't like that. Yeah, they're like, here's something for you, mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> Like here, watch like this five year storyline where it turns horny for Timothy Busfield. Yeah. (laughs) Horned up. Um, I watched this Max Lloyd Jones. Who is he? I watched this once like with almost no HD or it was grainy completely. I couldn't read like things on the page. He was so hot to me when I first watched it when it was all grainy. Lucas. Oh, Lucas. Yeah. yeah. I go for the younger boys on these shows. Uh, my I li- rarely like a blonde guy. Oh, I don't either. You can't trust them. But he was cute. Yeah, no, you can't trust a blonde man. He's like my Ryan life. Atwood of this yeah. movie. Who's that? From the OC. Oh, I never watched that. Oh my God. How? Um, I know. Well, you know what? I think that was like a... I went through like a... I'm not doing your media phase and like i just wouldn't right, do right, right. media like i didn't go to the i movies. watched it way after the fact that it was on my friend's yeah. husband had killed himself and we watched oh. like every season together with her every day 
Wow, I mean, that's healing. I'm not trying to bring up a tragedy. No, 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 no. That's what we did. We Honestly, like watched the OC. It was just like, uh, but Ryan Atwood is the poor kid in the rich school in the OC. Yeah. So that's very Lucas. So we also have this connection as well. Is that we both have this like John Hughes moment in our lives. Right. We're at the school, like from our hectic ass families with rich kids. We'll right. get into that more okay. later. But um he was really hot in the blurry version. And then when it was like when I found a better quality, I was like, he's not that cute. He was hot compared to the other guys. There yeah. wasn't much to choose from. Let's keep a blurry honestly. though. He needs like the blurry, cheap YouTube Vaseline lens version. Dude, I'm obsessed with YouTubers so hard right now. I think I'm going to start a Christian channel. Really? Yeah. I was actually thinking of starting a Christian business on Etsy. Really? Where I make um, positive sayings on these like designed cards and sell them to frame. Do you but to- I would be doing it ironically. Yeah, no, <laughs> I'd be doing it ironically. Well, no, we should combine our businesses. Well, like, I'll do it straight. I'm going to play it straight where I'm like, this is, hey, yeah, guys, being like, completely sincere, but kind of like not. Yeah. Like, no, I, I know someone who made like $8,000 in one month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. And by the way, did you read? Okay, so the Lisa Frank, the guy that married Lisa Frank, and she gave him 49% of his business, and oh. it turns out he was like a cokehead who was Ooh. cheating on her oh or whatever. Oh, my God. Let's Crazy. Get the right. <laughs> His name was James Green. Okay. okay. And then he divorced her, like sued her a bunch of times trying to get more money. Wow. And now he has a website called jameschristianman.com. What? And James Christian Man. Yeah, apparently. He had to he, nail that down. <laughs> he uh he and the then like I don't know what you call her. She was like a managerial person right. that he was fucking behind closed doors. And like oh Lisa was like, they lived in a pink and teal and purple house. And like Lisa was like, I just want to stay home with my kids. And like the kids were named Hunter Green and Forest Green. I'm literally dying right now. I, <laughs> I need know. to know everything about this well, story. Like Lisa Frank has always been a tacky bitch that like speaks down right. to a child's imagination. I always feel like right. you've got to keep a kid like, just like give them something like hot pink and be like, She's deal still with it. very iconic. Like yeah. kids today love her. But um she has a huge factory in Tucson and like they used to have like hundreds of staff members and like their turnover was crazy. There was actually a really amazing article that was written about it on Jezebel by Tracy Egan Morrissey, who now does broadly. That was like a bunch of years back. But then uh Steph, your mom didn't tell you, did a podcast on it too, where they mostly just kind of I think Cliff notes the Jezebel thing and then also went through a lot of the comments and found some like different sources but um it's it was like a fucking hellhole like a ptsd hellhole oh living God. there and yeah. like lisa and jim when they got divorced they would start going around the office and being like who you know who butters your bread like who are you gonna come Ooh, with like yeah, it was very it. and they had a, a, a letter that went around like weekly called frankly speaking oh my god and they would just like roast employees in it but like not in a fun way like it would just be like so uh jim you know if you're thinking about talking during the lunch oh hour yeah the oh employees would talk to each other the bosses were on coke That's lisa amazing. frank was never around but when she was she'd come in she'd be like you stupid girl Pandas don't ever move their eyebrows. And like this girl's like, you know, fucking drawing a pant. Like, has it, why would Lisa Frank even know that? Like, I never understood that she had a technical understanding. Right. That she was some sort of anthropological. Like, a a golden retriever can skateboard, but like that, right. You know, but pandas don't have ears. Please, honey. Okay. It was that very little Wayne of me yeah. to light it into the thing. Of course. You guys, I'm lighting a fat blunt for all you people at home who hate when I'm stoned. It was, it's a Marlboro Light from Japan. I got 80 packs of cigarettes for $100. Oh, 40. It's like really honestly the best deal of my life. 
I want to go back just for that. So you like deals. I love deals. Bring it all back together. Yeah. Don't ever fucking tell me I don't love deals. Bye. I'll fly to Japan for a deal. Okay. So Restless Virgins, based on a true story. Right. But is it? It's really changed a lot. So like... It was based on, so Milton Academy, which is why I want to do this movie. I'm from Massachusetts for those of you who are new, which is why sometimes they say inappropriate words. I just want to set that up as well. And I, and I'm going to, going to work on not doing that this year, but as we know, I get, you know what, things ahead of myself. So it was based on a true story, meaning that these two kids that graduated Milton Academy or Milton Prep, like went out and they wrote a book based loosely on their experience of like drug sex rock and roll at this school which was like accurate like these were really fucking rich kids and i went to college with some of them at bc right if you know anything about prep schools or really high-end private schools they're the worst druggy fucking partiers ever totally and it's like new england so it's like the oldest of the old it's a very everything you saw in this movie in terms of like set design or just even there was things that i was very impressed by in terms of just like the way that they casually flew, like just would throw out Latin phrases. Like right. that was every day of my like high school and college. Just like I wrote them normal. down, but I had to like Google them and I had to pause this one scene where they said something to look it up. <laughs> Dude, for I'm, real, I'm Southern trash. So I don't know Latin. I, um, like almost as a, the way that I've never seen star Wars, I've never looked up what quid pro quo means. And I should know it. A favor or advantage granted or expected in return for something. It's like a this or like, I'll give you this. You give me that. That sounds like it shouldn't be popular. Well, yeah. Why is that one? It'd be like, I scratch your back. You scratch mine, which I right. said to my Nana once on the beach. And she was like, don't ever talk like that. You don't ever do a favor for another favor. Wow. I feel like quid pro quo would not have flown in the Macalier house. No. And Wait, you you wanted to scratch your grandma's back? No, like oh. I said, <laughs> oh, you're just a dollar. I was like, said, like yeah. give me a dollar for the ice cream truck. <laughs> okay. Like you scratch. See, in my like, family, four. that would have been something that was asked of me. Oh, it was like yeah. a souvenir back scratch. <laughs> oh no, I was just always voluntarily scratching my nana. Like I loved her so much. I loved my nana too. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, that was that. It's like the little gray gardens recipes. Come on. So let's go back to this school. It starts okay. with a very dramatic setup. Right, right away after the fact, and then we're gonna go back. Oh yeah, we love a lifetime movie that cheats on like all movie rules or just does like gimmicks and like little hooks and stuff. Yeah. Love that. Um, now were you instantly irritated by the narrator? Cause I didn't yeah. like her voice at all. I didn't love it. Um, and then also the second I realized that she was like really pretty. Right. The classic nerd girl who actually is very beautiful. But here's the thing. Like they, Hollywood has done this like fantastically with like Mae Whitman where yeah, definitely she's adorable. Not an ugly person by any person's standards. But they could frump her up. Frump her up. But this then, girl was like basically braids. Yeah, no, it's Lifetime's tragic flaw and that they never got the memo that like you can just get a girl that's not like a fucking 12 at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They get some Hollywood 12s in there and they're like, she's ugly. And it's like, what? No, girl. And also the things that they call her ugly for throughout this movie are like her beautiful like porcelain skin. And I'm right. like... Every like at least one guy appreciated that. Like they called her Wednesday Adams. Yeah, that was an insult. And this is the Twilight era. Yeah, they must have liked that. At this point, anyone who was different was not original. Yeah, <laughs> and growing up in Massachusetts was fucking rough. Like everyone's gorgeous. I went Boston College was basically a J Crew catalog, and Milton Academy was like an even more concentrated version of a J Crew catalog. Now. Their endowment is two hundred fifty-four million. 
Wow. Military Academy. It's a really old school where I knew one guy in my orientation group at BC went to Milton Academy and he's still someone that I keep in touch with to this day, but we like bonded right away. And then he kind of like went off the deep end, like junior year disappeared for a bit. Then we caught up back out in LA. Um, cause he was working out here too. We're out to dinner one night and I'm like, so are you dating or you seeing anyone? And he's like, you know, I'm gay. Right. And I was like, no. And he was like, yeah, that's like why I freaked out junior year. Like I was just gay and like, I couldn't deal with it. And I'm like, Fuck. Like, and so this whole movie to me has gay undertones with the guys the right. whole time. It's very, yeah. And I can't help but think of my dear friend because I'm like, that is what you had to do. You had to go fuck girls. You had to be like broed out. You had to lax it up and do all this bro shit while yep. maybe being attracted. Who's, who is the gayest character to you in this movie? Cause I have an eye on well, someone. Well, obviously cotton. cotton. It's cotton, right? Well, he, they even say that he saw gay porn. Yeah, I know. But I was like, at first, I was like, oh, they're just being dick high school dudes. But then the more I thought, of, I was like, oh, Cotton, like, stares a little too well, long. Because he also, I think, well, we can get to that later. But I think what he does indicates that he wanted to look even more bro. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, no, no. I mean, Do you know what I mean? He went overboard being bro, I think. Also, by the way, the second I say the movie's plot points or that this, the movie's title, I feel like everyone already knows how this is going to end. So I am fine with spoilers throughout. One thing I want to point out about these kids too is that the type of kids they are is that adult play clothes come into play where it's like your jeans and like leisure outfit is like usually just like khakis and a collared shirt. You're always uptight. I went to high, uh, college with a guy like this who his famous line in our friend group was um some guy had his like girlfriend come out from like buttfuck Ohio and like visit us and she was staying in the room. And he uh and he was from like New York preppy wealth. And I remember he said to everyone, he's like, you know what? If you're gonna have a guest, take them to a hotel. I'm like, dude, we're drinking Rubinoff. Like, you think we have hotel money? Like, that's how... I mean, yeah, as a 34-year-old, it's absolutely the right move. But so weird. Okay, so I'm going to do... Oh, all right. So we're going to do 142 to 410, which is the mean girl setup. Like, the whole, like, this is our click. Right. Classic. Senior year. It was the same thing since class four. The same cast system. Dylan Whitman, the son of a billionaire senator, was at the top. He is hot. At his side, he's pretty good looking. Senior was Cotton, who came from oil money in Texas. Oil money in Texas. There you go. Double closet. Then there was Madison and the elites. The pretty, rich, popular girls who were their female. These girls were never like pretty, pretty. They were hair, makeup, accessories pretty. They had like their tits already like grown out. That was one of my favorite lines in this movie where someone said about Madison, you're kind of hot, but you're really boring. (laughs) They are boring. Well, warming and dying polar bears. Or maybe because my best friend and co editor, Anya, Lax was like bigger than high school, bigger than football at my high school. It was like the biggest sport. And then there was Raj, our honorary male. I love Raj. We need more from him. During the postgrad year. My father once said, winners blaze their own trails and losers sit around watching. Tonight, we blaze our own trail. Tonight, tradition, the strength of teamwork, and the depth of our friendships have brought our school and everyone here. Victory. Date rate. 
This is very uh, Lost Boys to me for some reason. Yeah. Who is pushing It's Madison. She's okay. More pictures. I she looks like a bitch. Emily's a ten. Like a. is so much prettier than Madison. It's insane. She looks like Neve Shulman's wife, Madison. Oh God. Yeah. Just like skinny. Nothing really matters to you except for games. Hence the inexplicable prominence of lacrosse or sex. Get some more Luke. We don't have enough. I know. I mean, he has bangs, though. He also he disappoints me a lot. You can't trust a blonde. And he started dating Heather Lee. Horizontal Heather. <laughs> there is so much of it with Heather where I'm like, if I was Emily and someone gave me this movie, they're like, watch this movie of your life. I'd be like, wait, he was still trying to fuck Heather? Like, <laughs> it's insane. He was like stalking her on Facebook. So, okay, is that Heather? First of all, this tells me because this is a 12 second, sh- 12 second shot of his screen with a bikini girl on it. They were trying it is to 12 yeah. fucking seconds. I fucking timed it. It really, it was too long. I wrote like, it seemed like it was five minutes or something, but were, do you think they were just trying to make time to cut to commercial? I have no idea what they were doing. It's, so it's crazy. Lucas now he's is, figuring out his uh, budget. Now I didn't, it was blurry for me the first time. And then today I saw this a little bit and I can barely do math. So I was like, why is he just writing numbers down? Like what's the headline yeah. on this? What does this mean to me? It didn't mean anything till until I saw the movie. And then I went back and I was like, oh, he's trying to figure out if how he can pay for everything. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's poor. He's poor as hell. Poor as here. You ready? Yeah. God, rich kids, man. I went to college with the uh, one of the VPs of Bank of America, um, his daughter. We were going to Montreal for $89, where you take a bus up there. She was like, well, why don't I see if I get the plane? And I was like, what plane? She's like, my dad's plane. And like, obviously it didn't come to fruition because her parents were like, you're not bringing your ragamuffin friends. This scene is irritating to me. Oh yeah, it's terrible. I hate how they rag the waitress. She is, I would describe her as exactly Amy Schumer, like in size and, sh- and everything like this. Like she's, she's like that type. Completely average, but for some reason. Only if you're providing the bag. This is a scene I hate in a movie where someone tells a joke and everyone cracks up laughing and it's not funny. Yeah, it's also weird because it's like, it's like, they're saying she needs a bag she has a big head. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with the big head? Is that the, like, turn off? Like, I would think you I think they called her a bag fuck. Like, you have to put a bag over her head and her head's so big we need a grocery bag. Oh. I think that was the joke. What other kind of bag would you use? A sandwich I don't know, like a lunch bag? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hook <laughs> it up with apple heads. We'll only use the east way. As long as you can see your grandparents. Good old boys. Okay. So let's talk about some different things. Okay. Uh, let's talk about, let's go back to our friend Emily. Right. How would you like handle being you in a situation where you were her at this school? Well, I can tell you how I handled it. Okay. I think I wasn't as bitter as her. She complains a lot. Right. I find. Yeah. I was an outcast because I don't think it was because of who I am, though. I think it was more that these people had gone to school together for 12 years and I came in late, like 
it was a, it was a school that went up to high school, like from yeah. kindergarten to high school. And I came in at like seventh grade. And that could go either way. You could have the new girl allure. Right. But I was a weirdo. Yeah. And I wasn't like, uh, I mean, I was coming from New York and going to a school in Fort Worth, Texas. So I was pretty confident. I, I thought you were care. from Florida. I was born in Florida, but then I moved to New York when I was 10. Honey. Yeah. So I had Queens in me at that point, And then I went to Fort Worth and I did have high moments at that school. Cause I would tell teachers off and stuff like that. Really? So I would get popularity cause I was literally like a, you didn't give a shit. Give a shit. And everyone was like, Oh my God. Like, what, what year is this? of school is this? Seventh grade. Oh, okay. Right, right. Right. Wow. But I was not popular. Like, I was sort of, I think I mouthed off to a teacher for the first time in seventh grade and it like blew up in my face. Oh, it blew up in your face. Yeah. I, I said, why do you have such a thick head? <laughs> I said, do you think that you're maybe, do you a think little... you need a grocery bag? I, was for like, that head? I said, you're very, I said, you're very thick headed. Cause she wasn't getting what I was saying. And I was oh, like, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. loosen up your mind, baby. Like let's dream. The reality is growing up. I had no respect for adults cause I was around a bunch of right. idiots. So yeah. I didn't really have respect for teachers either. And if they were stupid, I would call them out. And that's what happened at that school. And I was a hero for right. like a week. Yeah. Uh, so that was sort of, I had the, um, fear of God instilled in me at a very young age. So even though it was by people that I'm like, yeah, you know what? Do I really need to listen to you? Um, my grandparents, I would always listen to, but with my mom, I'd be like, why are you yelling at me? Now I look back, I'm like, you didn't really need to yell at me. Um, but I always was afraid of adults and very well behaved. Never got a detention for me. I wrote down that I would flounder. Like it would be eventually someone having to pull me out because I was never allowed to quit anything. And so like literally be someone like having mercy on me. Yes. Like my aunt calling my mom and be like, Molly is gay to severe amount of weight. Like, obviously this isn't getting any better. Right. Like come, I know you're not going to move her in the middle of school year, but like come next year, she needs to go to a new school. Yeah. I mean, it was difficult for me. So how long were you in Dallas Fort Worth? I was only there for one year. It's very shishi. It's like there, right? My school was the the school you would go to if you were like a billionaire in Texas. So How'd I went to school in? with like, because my dad had money. He was like a drug dealer though. Oh. Okay. Like Did I'm they a ask movie. about, I know, I love that for you. Uh, do you love that for you? Are you okay with I that? mean, yeah, because I don't really know that. Yeah. But uh, oh. he, and I was really smart. Yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't know how I got in. I think if you paid, you yeah. pretty much got in. Yeah. Um, and then, so I had people there like the Davises who, like their, one of their sons murdered their wife. It's a really big Lifetime movie, actually. Wait, which one? It's the one with Heather Locklear and she plays the rich <gasps> woman married to like a Texas oil millionaire or whatever. Oh. Whatever it's called. You it know what? One, though. We should have you back at the end of the season to do that one. <laughs> and then, like... And she actually, a woman left her husband, it might have been her, and married or was with Martina Navratilova for a very long time. So she would come and pick up the kids at school in like a Cadillac with the bullhorn or the longhorn things on the top of the Is that hood. a tennis thing? <laughs> no. Who's that? Martina what? She's a tennis player. Yeah, she's tennis. She's like a right? lesbian, famous Good lesbian. Good for her. Yeah. So I that was like that. the school. It was very rich. I love secret Texas lesbians. 
Right. So yeah. it's like very different than New England, though. It was yeah. like a different kind of wealth. It was very showy and, you know, Dallas. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. No, New England's so like just fucking it, the, the the lines that they draw throughout this entire movie. Like there's one point where Dylan calls something middle class and we're going to play that clip. That's an amazing clip. I wrote down that line because I was like, I actually wanted to use this. But like <laughs> it's, it's so insane. real in that like there are just little distinctions that you're like. I wouldn't think that that would be a class divider. And I would say that now that I'm 13 years apart from living in Massachusetts, I've forgotten a lot of these like classic things that were just like, that's low class to do that. Yeah. And it's not the things you would expect. It's not like, you know, eating SpaghettiOs shirtless on your front porch. That's obviously that's classless. No, it's more just like small little things. Like it's small. Like, did you... You don't do that. Yeah. Did you put an ice cube in your wine? Like you're fucking... You're a... You're, you're a garbage. pig. Yeah. You are a pig. You're a hog. Get out uh, whereas in California, you just fucking bare fist that shit and plop it in your wine. Like, right. Duh. Um, I did ask what your exposure to Latin was growing up. I want to know that. I have zero exposure to Latin. Like I told you I had to... I mean, I know things like quid pro quo. I didn't. Yeah. So I know like the common usage ones, but I didn't know the tattoo that they get, what that was, but I did yeah. write it down. That took me a while. Fuck. Um, so the, the bikini on the desktop goes forever and ever. Um, so we see Dylan come and grab Lucas and they're going somewhere nice. The dad's assistant always calls the town car. That's right. what we need to know. I love that where it's like not a limo. It's a town car. You yeah. Rube. You fucking Nebraska <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Which is so weird because I just coincidentally was on a YouTube hole where I was watching some girl from Nebraska like oh, talk God. about her hometown and I was like, fuck, I'm so glad I grew up where I grew up. Like, right. And then I tweeted that. So it was like, ever heard of Omaha Steaks? I'm like, I get it. You have one thing. Like everything else sounds like it came from a yard sale. <laughs> like it's a yard sale of a state. Have you ever heard of Omaha State? It's like nope, no, I haven't. No. I've heard of the steaks. Thanks. Like have you ever heard of clams? <laughs> All lobsters, <laughs> clam chowder. By the way, the fact that people eat clam chowder outside of New England—that is very middle class to me. <laughs> um, it is. I it is. I want to vomit when I see clam chowder outside really? of. Yeah, I need. It needs to be in New England, preferably. I won't even eat in Manhattan. That I barely red- feel that way. I kind of feel that way about lobster rolls. <laughs> That's a very good way to feel. Like, I will eat a lobster roll and Nept- Neptune's not. I mean, I will too because I like them a lot. Right. Um, but it's not the same. No. And like, also, I have friends that are like from middle America or whatever. And when we go out to dinner, I, a couple times I've ordered a lobster and they like look, they're like, ooh, Beverly Hills, she, she, she. And it's right. like, it's no, I'm like, and I guess maybe, yeah, lobsters cost like six bucks where I'm from. So like, that's, it's not difference. a, it's not, lobster is not like a highfalutin no, food there. No, no, it's like, but yeah, if you're getting it in Ohio, it fucking better be a highfalutin food. They're flying it in. Yeah, sure. they better be. I, that, that's also like when I was in Japan, they'd be like fish stew. And I'm like, well, what kind of fish? Like, give me a genre. Like they're right. all so different. You know, I'm very, I'm very particular about my fishes. Me too. Um, but I had squid one night for three courses in a row and I've never been a sashimi person. Girl, I fucking housed that tuna. Like, I mean, yeah, it was all I had in life. Like yeah. it was all I had in I life. Mean, you got to do it. It was okay, I guess. So we see, um, we see Emily at her computer 
she's trying to write something positive about her time at school, but she can't. They're in the like the journalism office, the school paper office. We find out that she was deferred at Harvard and is waiting to hear about regular admission um, at Princeton and 11 other schools. Um, too many schools to apply to. They Just say about few, six, right? you know? Yeah. yeah. Especially like she was so sure who, who we get it applies early admission to Harvard. Like how confident are you? Not very. And she's very confident with her academic. I mean, she's, she's that kind of, she's like, at the prep school. She thinks she has a big, she, thinks dick. she has a good chance of getting in. You know what it is? She thinks she has a big dick, but she can't fuck. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those guys that it's like, yeah, you've got it all together. And they've like, gotten along the with like the sort of wow factor. Yeah. But then they never take care of anything after that. Fuck. Yep. And a big dick is not going to do that much if you don't know how to use it. Yeah. Or maybe even just like an emotional big dick. Like maybe like, how does it actually translate? Like maybe you don't even have a big dick. You've just got a great swagger attitude. Everything else is there. Like Emily. you have a big dick swagger. Yeah. Big yeah. dick swagger. Love that about a guy. Um, yeah, that is what makes me realize I really am more straight than I think. I'm completely straight. I'm like a zero on the Kinsey scale. I love guys. Believe me, and I would have no problem with the idea of fucking a woman, but I just can't get it together. Yeah, like, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, maybe I am bi, which I mean, I guess means I probably am, but like, I also like, you know what? Like, that girl's like, great. Like, I would, you know, I would love to have fun, but I also am not like a hyper, like... Like, I, I don't think I would know what to do with a boob. Like, I'd be, like, freaked out. They would have to be so hardcore after me and, yeah. like, really aggressive. Yeah. Okay. So, um, the guys are ranking the girls in the hallway. They're holding numbers. Uh, there's this conversation that starts to happen. Um, I'm going to play it. But right before that... Oh. There's the announcement about the senior handoff. Which, right. like, this was all really buried for me. I had no clue about something like this where you're bequeathing something to the juniors yeah. as you leave senior year. I, and it's basically for every club, it seemed, or sport or whatever. Every group, like, gave something down, which, by the way, that's a, a lot of, like, the school, like, playing into, like, the cast system here, which totally we should also say. Emily and her group is called the Hysterics. What was that? So it really actually grows throughout. And I realize why more and more. Because there's a lot of like really inexplicable behavior changes right. from all three of them at different points during the movie. And I was like, this is why they're fucking hysterical beings. Now, it's very uh, poignant being set in Massachusetts. It, it is. was kind of witch honey. <laughs> hysterical female. Got to get your tea. But like, yeah, yeah it was very, it, it was, it because, was, well, Raj is a scholarship student who's right? a post grad. So he is extra yeah. nervous about doing anything wrong. And Emily is just really fucking high strung. Like, yeah. she cannot chill. And then, and Anya then Anya, is just a straight dork. Well, she's just totally straight up dork. Yeah. Yeah. Like, she's not a bad person. But it's like, calm down. Like, yeah, that's another thing Emily and I had in common, which is like all my friends were Indian, except I had like the diversity of a few Asian friends as well. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. definitely was in with the academic crew. Very yes. much so. Yeah. That's always the, academic. I was a bad student, but I had the heart of a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Dyslexic. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So she's saying we have to do this handoff thing. Every group does something. Um, she doesn't make it sound like this is a social thing that's done loosely and off the books. It sounds as official as prom, which that's is That's what I was confused about because it does seem like what they do eventually. It's like, how could that ever have been a good idea? Right. right? Like the administration isn't going to be like, can we get a peek? Like, right. This is and your everyone else's was so basic. 
maybe they're just a really bored because it's a boarding school. So they're like, you know what? We'll just like have an, uh, whatever they do with this. Assembly. I think just, we like, know that Dylan wants it to be epic. Yeah. Epic as <laughs> fuck, dude. By the way, such a word, such a period mm-hmm. of time that word had. Okay. We are going from 816 to 942. Cotton irritates me. I know. And I also always think of Cotton Leary from uh, Scream, which Lucas was on Scream, the TV show. Something that will cement your legacy in Sutton forever. Why haven't I heard back from Princeton? Sometimes the mail's held up. I like Anya. Yeah, I like her too. I have to bequeath nothing but anxiety and an utterly collegeless future. (laughs) (laughs) So they're like loosely rating girls in the hallway. And I actually got irritated. Like I started judging them too. I was like, that's better than a one. Come on. Like (laughs) she's a seven and that one was a one. Like Anya's a three or no, Anya's a one and what's her face is a three. That's insane. I'm not paying for anything that pathetic. Check out the writer. That's a great picture. Look, you can totally see my package. Look, see, is like, look at my package. He's looking at his package. Oh, God. You told everyone we're having sex? It's just idle locker room talk. I I didn't mean any of it. It's my reputation, Lucas. It's like... At no point is she like, we didn't fuck. The guy you are around me is just... I'm actually shocked that Lucas talks about having sex. <laughs> I was like, I mean, I guess maybe everyone just assumed and then like being he didn't deny it. Yeah, he's like a non-denier, which is not helpful, Lucas. What a pussy! What am I gonna do? He's obsessed yeah. with Heather, too. and he likes her too. That's the crazy part. Way too much for the way that this movie turns out. Amazing, guys. Could you take this outside? Why don't you take this outside? Raj and and uh, Lucas are roommates. Right. This is my room. Is Dylan also on there? No, but he pays for everything. Right. And there's a little like joke thing in here that's coming up. I think that I love. I love it. Not only do I own this room, I own you. Okay. All right. Stop and listen to me, everyone in this world. Raj has all the makings of being like a really fucking hot dude. Like yeah. Indian dude, British accent, pretty handsome, taller than most of the students, except he's playing a fucking drip. He's and a total like, drip. You have to come in there and harness your shit, baby. It took me a very long time in this movie to understand what his purpose was. Yeah. I still don't really know. I mean Well, he has a clear plot point. Yeah. But they could have probably figured out they another way. That to Anya. Yeah. That would have been interesting. Because Anya kind of drops out a bunch. Yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's, we have a new rating scale, by the way. So there's some things that come up on there that we might want to apply that to. I mean, there's other people in the school, I guess, but they just seem to always be together. I mean, maybe Raj is gay. Maybe Anya's gay. I would love if Anya was gay. I would. I just also think that they're asexual at this point. Right. They're, they're in their, they're into their studies. They're very innocent. And we both went to the Milton Academy website. Yesterday. Right, I did check it out, yeah. And uh, those people look sterile. Those are a bunch of sterile-looking teenagers. They're restless virgins. And by the way, I highly doubt that there is that sort of uh, diversity there. It's like they literally stuck right. in every person of color. They were like, I know well, you these don't are take dance, but like, just come over yeah. and stand here. Yeah. It was really... I mean, it was doing the most. Like, I almost was like, I feel like the average person who applied their child to Milton Academy with like a little less diversity than you're showing here. Um... Okay, so um, I wrote Heather is exactly the right casting for this. She's high school hot. Wrote that. Um, oh, her makeup is good. She's far less attractive than Emily. Talked about that. 
Raj Hadi next day at the lacrosse game, right. lax game. Did you have lax? I did, but I was never something I followed or was into. Was it a big deal at your school? No. Like all the hotties played lax. Right. Yeah. No, I'm aware. Those are probably the athletes I would find the hottest. It's very like, we also love Dave Matthews band. That I don't. Yeah. That was that like time in history, especially 0405. I, uh, was a junior in high school when this happened or junior in college when this okay. happened rather. Sorry. Um, so Emily gets a call during the game and we see that Luke is a little bit distracted looking at Heather in the stands. Heather's there with a new guy. Yeah. Which like, he acts like, who is this guy? It's like, there's 32 people in her graduating class. I like, didn't think that he was that in love with her. I, I don't understand it. And it goes on for way too long. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I really want to go through this like screen and be like, Hey girl, like you need to really rethink the whole Lucas thing right. because his dick was getting hard for someone else. Not that long ago. Um, so Emily's parents do something that I think is kind of demented. And I understand that, like, how else would you handle this situation? You don't have the mail come to the school, mm-hmm. right? But uh, it's her parents. And they got an envelope from Princeton. And they're like, it's a big envelope, which is like, all colleges, let's take notes. You have two sizes of envelope. Okay. You have right. big, you have small. That's it. Like, I remember applying to colleges getting some, like, kind of fat envelopes and then like opening it. It was just like, here's some extra paper. Like, right, right, right. But then I did get it to schools that I was like, this is not the package I expected. I expected like a ribbon. Like it was a new yeah. Chevrolet sitting out in the driveway or something on Christmas morning. Um, so they're like, okay, it's a big fat envelope and they open it. And then there's silence and she knows it's bad. And, uh, her mom goes, honey, uh, did you request a catalog of extension school classes? And it's like, Princeton, how dare you? Why would you send out that catalog at the time letters are going out? Also, like early acceptance, right? No, it was weird. It's like they're She's like devastated. It's bad. It's bad. And like when this is all you care about in your life, like if you're going to this fucking school, you want Ivy League, right? <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> and like I was talking to my friend the other day, and I said, uh, you know, up until. I was 18. My whole purpose in life was to get into college. And then once I was up until I was 22, it was to go out to the real world and get a job and fucking crush it with my degree. And then I graduated. I have the, I am the first year that it no longer mattered if you had a degree because I graduated into the economic crisis. Right. So we all got our first job where we made like 27 grand a year. And it was like big deal. Like, you know, your first big job. And then, uh, you know, you're scraping by in LA or wherever you live. I was really scraping by in LA. And then, uh, yeah, then there was no money yeah. for anyone. Right. Uh, so it is weird to think about just like these kids even wanting to go to college, knowing what's happening in the world at this point. But anyway, um, so we see the dumbest thing ever. The guys are giving Lucas a tattoo on his inner thigh in the locker room. That scene started. I did not know what the hell was going on. Well, it's like this guy sitting there and they're all surrounding him. And one guy is between his thighs right? doing something. Who knows what? It's illusion. <laughs> like they're illusion. I mean, it's lifetime, so we know it's not like a circle jerk or whatever. I have no idea. But it yeah. was like it was like what I had to rewind it. So this makes no sense for like some basic tattoo one on one reasons. They work out constantly and it's like mandatory. Right. So you can't have an inner thigh tattoo. Plus it's fucking <laughs> huge. This thing's the size of like a ruler, like a, a twelve inch ruler. Uh Two, they wear pants every day. 
have to. You can't right. have like a a pant. It's fucking huge. Uh, it's basically like it's it's already looks infected by the time they take the needle. It looked right? infected when I saw it, and they never follow up on like the blistering or like anything else. The like care. obviously, occurred. <laughs> I mean, some guy just like he seemed to be doing it heavy handed too. The guy who was tatting it him. didn't seem very safe. No, it's like a prison tat with like a little bit like fancy kid with. They and this was had a gun. was this this was lat was this wasn't Latin. It was Italian, right? I guess so. I don't know. It was like, uh, I wrote it down. It's Vincera e Vivera, which is to conquer is to live. I feel like these guys are a little bit over the oh, top. Oh, to live is to conquer. Yeah. Well, they're fucking blowhards. Yeah. But he, this guy, Dylan, thinks he's something. Like, well, yeah. He's- so wait, can we get into like who we think they are? Because you did touch on like, I think they're a Trump-esque character. I was getting right. a little bit of like a Kennedy. I was getting like a Chappaquiddick thing. Well, there's with, a Chappaquiddick like, the thing, I think, with the dad. Yeah. There's a scene, I think, coming up where he's yeah. on the news for some... Where he says yellow journalism, a.k.a. He's, the first fake news. <laughs> he's the first fake news. And I, it, it sounds like some kind of drunk driving accident or yeah. something. So that's Laura Bush had one of those Chappaquiddick. Yeah. The reason I thought of Don, Don Trump Jr., is this over the conf- like over the top confidence and cockiness that's based on nothing? Yeah, and also the fact that he thinks he's hilarious uh-huh. and he's not funny. Yeah, so that's sort of what reminded me of him. It's also it's a very Anthony Weiner thing as well. It's a very like it's a it's like an amalgamation of like the Kennedys. Yeah, and I mean Trump wasn't a thing when this movie was made, obviously, yeah. but it's that archetype. The rich son who's like a douchebag, whatever. But it should be added that like none of the charm that someone like an Anthony Weiner has is right. there. He just happens to be hot. He Not has Anthony none of the Weiner. charm. No, 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 no. But this guy, Dylan, yeah. is more attractive than Donald Trump Jr. or Anthony Weiner. Goodbye. Although I did think Anthony Weiner was hot before I knew what a piggy was. Yeah. I mean, I he like had that something. kind of Jewish guy yeah. kind of thing. I'm into I like that it. too. But then, like. Just, but when I found out what a piggy was, he's disgusting. That documentary, me. dude. Have you it's ever a really seen, good documentary, of course. Have yeah. you ever seen someone try to ruin their life harder? It's shocking. Yeah. It's shocking how many stupid things he's done and continued to do. Until recently, like a few years. It's the small things too, like where he's like making Roddy da- Roddy Dangerfield jokes, like right before he gets out of the car, like right after it's been announced that he's been cheating on his wife. He's like making some like gross, like hey, like figure, blah blah blah, sort of like joke. And it's that like, was like right when I got on brother? Twitter when he yeah. accidentally sent that sex as a tweet. Yeah, I was right on. Tw- I had just was it started. To you? Yeah, it was to me. <laughs> <laughs> I wish at that time I would have been. So into you're a it. very sensual woman. Let's just uh-huh. take a break okay. um, to go back onto this. So you're a very sensual woman. I have never, I think that there's something about me or maybe it's cause I'm like a haterous bitch. I can't decide, but I've never gotten a dick pic. Not even if you've requested one, I would never request one, but I think there's something about me. That's like, I've never gotten an unsolicited dick pic. Really? Never. Okay. No. I think I, I'm i scary. I feel like a lot... Yeah. I feel like, like a lot of women... I think that they're just like, that girl will never talk to you again if you do that. Yeah. I don't... I've had person. guys DM me, not on, on Twitter because I don't follow anybody, but on Instagram and they'll say things to me and it's just like, no. Like, I'm sorry, Bob in Florida. Uh, no, I'm not interested in cocaine. <laughs> like... <laughs> That's someone recently, and he has like two kids in his profile pic. And he's I mean, like, do you want to like, fly to Florida? Like, what do you do think cocaine? about cocaine? It's like, I don't know. I'm not going to do like lines off your dick. Is, is that what you mean? Like, That's what's your so point? dark. Yeah. Do you follow Jenny Jizz? No, I don't. 
<laughs> she's a, a Florida cum slut. She does oh. blow bangs for veterans. It's like she will oh. like blow a whole room of veterans. So like uh, she's veterans say, she's my girl. Yeah. Um, and she also takes her nipples out at Target. The only time I've ever been suspended from Facebook was when I posted a picture of her asshole in the parking lot of a Denny's after the Nickelback and Daughtry show. And oh, they God. banned me. And I was like, you know what? That is my friend. And like, you can't tell me who my friends are or what's in- inappropriate or not inappropriate. It was at a private group. Right. Oh. So, so someone in the private group? Yeah. You? I was like, if you what fucking narc on me... You're done. Can you even imagine? No. I just don't care enough. I like all but shut the group down. Um, anyway, so I want to play this because I'm obsessed with the rap sound of like song they play in this. I couldn't put my finger on it. It's like almost like Del the Funky Homo Sapien meets like something. I don't know. Normally. So this is the party after the, the cross, the lacrosse game. Yeah. And this is where they find out that Lucas is actually a virgin. We're in the car. Yeah, yeah. we're going to find this out. They go to a liquor store and manage to find out that he's not a virgin. And I was like, fuck. He's a, a restless a liquor virgin. Store. Yeah. He's a restless virgin. Oh, girls at the party. Yeah. The New York uh, Daily Mail did not agree with this title. <laughs> oh, yeah. That looks so infected. Larry S. That's a heavy-handed quirk. Welcome to the club. Welcome. And then they all put their thighs up. No. Oh, yeah. What does this sound like, Sammy? It's like Biggie. I don't know. It's like that 90s, like... Yeah, that like... <laughs> yeah. Hello? Ran into Heather's friend, Ray. I don't know, Luke. Is it true? That's your virgin. You never actually had sex with Heather? Um, you actually did. We were waiting. <laughs> oh, God, laugh it up. We're going to take back your tattoo. They say we're going to take back your tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, you can't do that. Okay, this is the this is why they're called the hysterics. This scene. We can get signed out. We could get ridden up. What are they going to do? Call Harvard and have them rescind your admission? She's so bitter. This anyway, Madison. Like Madison from the elites that you were friends with freshman year and hate. Why would she invite you? I don't know. Maybe she was feeling nostalgic as being senior year and all. Come on, Em. Can't we just stay in and watch quarters? Did you see the one with the rat guy? Okay, what the F on ya? It is senior year, and I would like some memories outside of the damn library, and so would you. So we're going to get drunk, and we're going to talk to boys, and we're going to have some effing fun. I love that she's like, we're going to get drunk and fuck. So, um, I decided to take a me moment. Uh, the gals are eating gluten-free pizza, but I wanted to talk about something, uh, in terms of, uh, fuck some of you. Um, so I got this sinus infection, which has just been plaguing me. If you guys follow me malls on Instagram, sometimes I do little Instagram stories. And if I don't follow you, I still check your messages sometimes. Uh, and when I, said something about having a sinus infection and it was really bad and I was in a lot of pain. This woman reaches out and messaged me and says, welcome to your late thirties. Girl, first of all, I'm 34. Like, don't ever just say like, welcome to your, do I look like I'm in my late thirties? Like I would feel very blessed. I think if I was, I mean, I definitely don't look, I looked 12 until I was 27. And then I just, fucking got into a bad emotional spot and hit a wall. Um, but I don't look in my late thirties. And I think that maybe you should have checked my pics before you assumed I was, or 
do I need a brow lift? So I was telling Desi that this season or this season, this scene right here that we just watched was the reason why this group is called the hysterics. Because if I ever fucking spoke to one of my friends like that, or if any of my friends spoke to me like that, you can sure as shit bet that we would not be sipping punch in the corner of a party five minutes later. Like there would be a conversation of like, okay, so you've chosen to go there tonight. Okay. That's dark. Um, I'm going to go home and you can go to the party alone or whatever, but I'm not going to be here for this. Or if I was the yeller, I'd break down immediately and be like, yo, I just lost my shit on you, but I'm a socially awkward teenage girl who just got rejected from college. And I just want to try and get my fuck on tonight so I can have some semblance of normalcy. And my friend would be like, you're cool. And then we'd go have drinks, but that was, they're used to hysterics. The party though, I do want to say this is one of the best lifetime high school parties I've ever seen. And that it wasn't like, usually they have like someone in a Santa costume and like an ice luge and like, like just like ridiculous shit where it's like, Oh, we have like a margarita bar and like a frozen daiquiri machine. And it's like, dude, no, you are lucky if you can grip a bush light and like maybe some tequila. And I realized that these are rich kids yet. They kept it classy and only displayed wealth within like the building they were in. And they were totally drinking out of solo cups. Love that. Hate it. When someone has like an led light cup at a party, very fat. Like me, fat like me was like, those were some high class parties for a bunch of kids that couldn't even tell that Kaylee Cuoco was in a fat suit. So yeah, that's pretty much what I have to say about that. They're the hysterics. And also I'm not 40. What did you think of this party? This seems like the type of party I would be miserable at. It's one of those things I feel like also that her, her idea of like, let's go and have fun always seems like a disaster waiting to happen to me. Like I always have fun when I'm not trying to have fun. Yeah. But if I'm doing something to have a wild time, it's always bad. The best to me was when Anya was like, because Emily's like slamming some like trash can punch. She's like, are you trying to get drunk? And I'm like, did you think she was sipping it for flavor? Like, You're not drinking trash can punch for enjoyment. Lifetime movies do like to fuck that up though. Like the diary of an alcoholic. Uh, What was it called? That's on our uh, bingo board, by the way, which we will go over in a little bit. We have a new one for season three when I reference a previous movie, Diary of a Binge Drinker. The guy that was a binge drinker that lost his scholarship, he was really into Mezcal. Oh. And I said, no. Right. No, like, college alcoholics ever had, like, a fine knowledge of, like, Mezcal and bourbon. Right. It's like Bloom's Farm. You're just trying to get fucked up, boy. Um... So this is the other thing. Do you think that Emily and Anya can watch Hoarders because they're in high school and the real world hasn't come into play? Because that show for me came out like when I was in college and I was getting stoned already and I already am messy. So I was like between intervention and that, I was like any minute. Like that could be me any minute. It was too real. I just started to be able to watch them again like recently. Right. But like... I was like, that must be the thrill of being in high school. Like, you never had sex. You don't know how scary life is. You clearly don't even know that you drink trash can punch to get drunk. Like, just thinking about being at a party like that actually gives me anxiety. You would rather watch hoarding. Rats. It wasn't that I would be socially awkward. I just would not be enjoying myself. At yeah, all. yeah. I liked the alcohol part, and I, that's it. I hate, I'm so socially anxious. I used to get ready go to a party, go to my friend's house, crawl in their bed and take a nap. Right. I'm the worst. I'm, I'm going to a party it. and take a nap. Um, 
This is the other thing. So, uh, Heather beelines for Anya. Oh, Madison, rather, beelines for uh, Anya at the party. And she apparently, Madison is how they got into this thing, which we never really tied up that loop. That she's having the party. Yeah, she something. invited Emily. Right, 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 right. Which is like, did she? Um, but she beelines for Anya. She like bumps out Emily. She's like, we have to hang out at Harvard next year. And Emily's like, she only got a 670 verbal, probably the lowest in the whole class. Like She's bitter because yeah. she got in because she's a legacy. Yeah. But you know what? She doesn't have a good relationship with her parents. I mean, <laughs> solid slam, like I guess. Like she's also going to Harvard, probably going to get fucked like nine ways from Sunday for there for like hot guys. Probably will never speak to her again. Do you th- I mean, she has to be Jewish. You have to be Jewish, I think, to like really marry a guy at Harvard. Like a hot guy. Oh, see, I don't know these things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just my personal experience. Um... That's uh, why I'm not married. <laughs> not why I'm not married, but I did go through a stage. One of my favorite ways to watch Lifetime movies is on the Lifetime Movie Club, streaming 100 Lifetime movies anywhere, anytime. New movies are rotated in weekly, so you will never run out of new juicy movies to watch. Plus, listeners of Mother May I Sleep a Podcast get an exclusive one-month free trial. Just go to LifetimeMovieClub.com malls, and if you're still not convinced, let me tell you about this month's movies. We've got I Am Elizabeth Smart, which I believe was produced by Elizabeth Smart, has Skeet Ulrich in it, and it is beyond creepy. It really... If you ever thought you knew what happened to Elizabeth Smart, watch this because you didn't. Uh, Cocaine Godmother is on there. How could anyone not watch a movie called Cocaine Godmother? And Rules Too Late to Say Goodbye and Committed. Again, to get your free month of Lifetime Movie Club, go to LifetimeMovieClub.com slash malls. That's LifetimeMovieClub.com slash M-O-L-L-S for the exclusive to us offer of one free month. Then we go outside and Cotton throws out that maybe for senior hand. Oh, they're taking pills outside, by the way. The last Right. What boys. were they taking? I think E or Molly. That's yeah. what I wrote. And um, Lucas threw his behind his shoulder. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's drinking a bottle of like vanilla Smirnoff, which I'm like, classy he's, Luke. Yeah. Like, nice. He's keeping it low key. So, um, they look like, I said, these guys definitely look like come hell or high water. They're going to get him fucked tonight. Uh, there's so many, it's so date rapey, the whole thing, right? right. It's just, like, it's setting up for disaster. We're finding you a pussy and you're going to fuck it. Like, right. we don't care who's into it. They tweet, they're, a women are a warm place to put it. Oh, 100%. Three right. whole wonders. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, you know, that's what Travis Alexander called Jody Arias, right? Oh, they did? He, the Mormon that she killed. Uh. Yeah, that's why I believe she's like innocent. Okay. He verbally abused her. Yeah. Um, okay. So, um, Cotton throws out that maybe for the senior handoff, they could give the juniors two crates of Everclear. And Dylan's like, no, bro. It has to be epic. Epic. And this is said several times. Two crates of Everclear. Like, Cotton, what are you thinking? I don't know. Is that a good idea? Um, so, Dylan says, it's got to be simply epic. I mean, how do we top everything we've already done here? You know? How do we say live up to this? And one of the guys is like... Like how the seniors last year made us bronze cast of their units and bequeathed us that. Like, we're gods here. Cotton likes this a lot. Um, and also that just kind of like shows you really where we're at, where it's like their big gift was like, we made you a bronze 
penis. So Dylan's like, I want to do something people talk about for years. He gets a call. He's like, the elites are here. That's what the popular girls are called. The plastics in this movie. Um, he makes a fucking disgusting face. It's so hot and dirty. Um, and then Lucas is going to hang there, finish off his drink, but he's looking at Heather inside. I just realized also his drink was the entire rest of a bottle of Smirnoff. Yeah. He was just carrying it around. I, I thought he was drinking something out of a paper cup at first. And I was like, Oh, he's telling him, no, I'm going to finish this bottle, this liter of liquor. So he's staring at Heather, which does not bode well for the way that this movie inevitably works out, which I'm sure you guys, as people who have seen a movie can imagine is going to end the way that it does. I'd be pissed if I was Emily and I found out this late in the game still. So Emily is downstairs partying with no one. People are just walking away from her like she's gross. Um, And she spills her drink on herself. So she walks around looking for an area to um, clean up. Now, this is where I wondered if they were at the um in the east wing of the i know they're at madison's house right but that was like a commercial pool that they had right it was weird i I couldn't tell if it was madison's house or if they were at the country club that the dad had been right it was confusing lunch negotiation because then they also had like a in the next scene it's like a garage like a parking garage garage full of golf carts which like not in Massachusetts. Like in Texas, yeah, for sure. But like people are just rolling around in golf carts in Massachusetts. There's like one month of the year you can use them. So she walks up to the pool area and Dylan and a lot of the crew are hooking up in the hot tub. Cotton sees her and he's like, what? And she leaves. So we're going to play this whole scene because this is important. A lot of setup. And also we don't really need to do this for you. This is like, it's better if they do it themselves. The way this scene is cut is brilliant because they have her saying her first line, Emily's first line. And then Lucas says nothing. And then all of a sudden they're sitting in the golf cart and she's continuing her line. So I would like to know where, what happened in between. Right. But it was like, it was a real writing moment where I was like, Oh honey, like you, Whoever wrote this, there's a couple of things like that. I have a question about something she says at the beginning, too, in terms of the universe stuff at the end. Perhaps it was fate. We're both trying to hide from the world. We found each other. I'm sorry to hear about you and Heather. If it makes you feel any better, I kind of got dumped by the whole Ivy League. Yeah. I can't tell if he's like a seasoned alcoholic or a shy boy. His character is all over the place. Yeah. Like, he got no direction. (sighs) So weird that we're talking. Guys, I'm not saying they're too poor to afford a good director, okay? I'm saying this. Yeah, Their director really is from Ross Dress for Us. Yeah. They got the director, like, at a total yard sale. Ew. Yeah, no, right? Now, when I first got here, we were friends. And then, I don't know. Just stop saying hi. You know what happened? Well, you started dating Heather. So... Okay, Emily's about to be made. Like, why would she go for this? Like, why would she go for this kiss? Because she's wanted him for a long time, though. I know, but like, see, that's a classic balls move where I'd be like, let's do this. But then it'd be like, oh, he's who's calling? Like, oh, it's on Emily, hello, what are you? Oh, that's a bad move, though, to leave your friend at one of these parties. Oh, it's so dick. They are in a country club. Look at the towels. Yeah, especially when she had to, like, verbally harass her on a going in the first place. Right. She's hysterical, but for reason. Oh, 
gone. Let's look for a glass of spam. This is awful. Oh, man. Scott, this is rape. She's taking advantage. Oh, God. Emily, get your clothes. What are you doing here? So they're all Let's watching go, them. You're embarrassing yourself. Oh. I'm embarrassing myself. Yes, you are, Emily. Everyone's upstairs watching. Take her word, my friend. Oh my god. I like when she said, go away, Anya. Because that's like a line from Frozen. Is it? I've never seen Frozen. I feel like I've happily avoided all of that. This is embarrassing. Also, that he's vomiting. It's like the worst thing a guy can do after making out with you. And then we cut to, oh yeah. Oh yeah. So bad. It's hard not to take it personally. I mean that or shit in your hamper. Like it's that like, happened to you before? That's very college. Just like guys like getting up and like there was always someone that was like, Oh, like Scott took a shit in like Bethany's hamper after the snowball dance. Like that was always a big thing. This is uh the next day at school. This is the only thing that could happen that's probably worse. Is the next day at school there's a picture of Lucas and Emily from the security camera being pinned up on the wall of shame in the lacrosse oh, right. dressing room, whatever it's called. Locker room? Yeah. yeah. Hot. Um they're being really, really mean about it. Like they're talking they're kind of roasting Lucas for not losing his virginity. And then Dylan, in the middle of all of this, stands up and says, I figured it out. What we can do for the senior handoff. No one's ever gonna forget this. And Lucas is like, What's that? Dylan's like, a sex tape. And then Cotton laughs at this when no one else is laughing. <laughs> it's like, aha, aha, aha. It's like the most obnoxious, strange laugh. He's a weird character. Yeah. Then we cut to commercial. He got some direction, but I don't really quite know. From whom? Or maybe he just ran with it. I mean. I think that maybe it was like. His character is written dumb. Happy accident direction where it was like he just happened to buddy up with an older guy on set that like showed him the ropes where he's like, maybe in this scene, like you want to be a little bit goofy. You know? Right. Um, so the campus is bustling. Emily narrates. And so the inevitable course of events began to take shape. It was like a Greek tragedy, only without heroes. She gets very, like, Shakespearean, very, like, dramatic with these things where it's, like, really... She the has payoff. some narration going on. It's very Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah. And, like, I was thinking to myself, like, comparing this to a Greek tragedy is hilarious to me. It's, like... Like, it's like dropping your fries, but right. like, and it's like, what can we compare this to? Like, what's the comparison? It's like to compare this, uh, some guys trying to make a sex tape to a Greek tragedy. Let's think on this. What's the analogy there that this is how inaccurate this analogy is. I want to think about this for, for the rest of the podcast. Let's try and see if we can come up with one by the time okay. we're done. Uh, Dylan's telling the guys as he walks through their quad that he needs, uh, it needs to be a whole bunch of girls. It needs to be a group sex tape. Um, and then, then they'll hand it off at the senior handoff. Okay, great. Lucas isn't here for it. He's afraid he's going to get caught. Dylan's like, look around. This place isn't yours, is it? And Lucas is like, no. And he's like, that's the wrong attitude. The world is here to be conquered. Then he reminds him of their tattoo. Like, hello. That's what the tattoo stands for. Also, like, yeah, I'm hearing this from you assholes, constantly rubbing it in everyone else's faces that your dad owns this building. I like how they were talking to you about how... You have to, to be a man. You need to do a gangbang. Cause he's, he's like saying to Lucas, like, are you a man or do you want to be a virgin? Yeah. Like that's his like gangbang or, yeah. and also like, do you want to have sex with a bunch of your friends and get naked and fuck a chick? I or are you really a, a man? do. I, this is like where I realize like so many of my straight friends, like I realize the stuff they do together is so much more, uh, like what, what I would label like, not hetero 
than any of my gay friends. Right. And my gay I mean, friends don't get like, together and like show each other their In what world do you fuck, like, run around, get oh. naked with your friends and fuck one person it's and take insanity. turns? It's I have something I'm going to bring up. I think it's coming up soon. And I know parts of our audience will like this, I will say. Okay. But like imagine being Madison getting six dicks tossed in you. Like would you love... You would? Like, no, no, no. Like, no. I wouldn't love six dicks. Six is a lot. I, I can imagine finding two people I'd want to fuck. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's hard vacation. enough to find one person. Yeah. That's a vacation thing? Fucking I don't know. I feel like... I don't know. I feel like I couldn't do that in my real world. I've only done one threesome with you guys. Really? Yeah. How was it? I did feel like one of them had some underlying gay feelings, in I my opinion. So. yeah. He was... Straight though. I always do wonder with, you know, I watch a lot of polyamory married and dating. I've seen a lot of combos yeah, in my days. You know. And I, I will say, I do always wonder with two guys and a girl, like, what's really in it for the other? Like, cause like, it's not like two chicks where it's like, there's always some sort of activity. Right. Like, if the two guys are gonna fuck each other, then. Well, there's multiple holes. Sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. Sure. Jody Arias. Sure. Three. Yeah. Three that are super notable. Um, but yeah, I definitely always am like, what's in it for the other guy? Like, there's always a guy that's like, you seem to be underserved right now. Yeah. I wouldn't say that it was something I would do again. Right. But I was kind of when the opportunity was presented and I had fucked both of those guys separately. Oh, so it okay. didn't seem like that big of a deal. Was the one who felt a little bit more into guys, was he, did he feel that way when you were having reg sex one-on-one with I him? always had like this feeling about him. He was touched, a little touch of the guy. Yeah. I mean, I've been around gay people my whole life, so Same. I just kind of know. And I yeah. felt like there was something. And then when I had the threesome, it did seem like a little something i don't know he would also have trouble getting hard oh yeah so that sort of also was because i've tried to fuck gay guys so i know yeah. i know what it's like oh yeah my experience is vast when a so guy can't, can't get one his dick hard yeah. at this stage in your life at 34 i know there's like three reasons why which right. one is it are you on well meds? there are multiple reasons <laughs> right but yeah <laughs> yeah there's really there's not you kind of got it nailed down Dylan says, are people going to remember you as the virgin that hooked up with Wednesday Adams at the party? Or are they going to remember you as the man? Like one, one of six men? Right. <laughs> so weird. Who got um, it, girl? You said you wrote down something you wanted to point out? It's not. It's after the gangbang. Oh, okay. It's bring it up okay, it was sort cool. of on topic of what we we're saying. So Emily's getting shit from Raj at like cafeteria. Um, he's roommates with uh, Lucas. So he's got the inside track and Anya and Roger trying to convince her to go out with Philip, this guy from Harvard who apparently everyone has a hard on for according to her, but we've never heard of him. So like, I don't know who he is. Like he means that's her boyfriend from Canada, right? That right. Never met. No, I mean like, by but the we way, meet Philip in a major way and it is not good. <laughs> it is in all the ways we meet. I Phillip. have to say that scene triggered something in me. Yeah. I cannot be believed. No, like that. I was dying. Yeah. Yeah, like, that's the kind of guy that, like, when I was in high school, I was like, well, if this is the kind of guy that's into me, and, like, I had a boyfriend, the whole I had, like, sex with my, only my boyfriend in high school, but, like, I've always been, like, teased, be like, Molly, you're in a personalities, right? Because I, like, I've always dated guys that are, like, questionably good looking. Right. You know, like, in the eye of the beholder yeah. sort of thing. And I, you know, I behold. So I, I definitely, like, was like, oh, I feel like Philip is someone I totally would have fucked, but, like, just. That was what, painful. It was the most perfect, honest casting I've ever seen in a Lifetime movie. 
Yeah. I actually thought he'd be hotter. I was surprised. Oh no, that was the beauty of it, baby. It was no, I I was wrong. I clearly I shouldn't be casting movies. This this man, I mean, whoever it was an inspired casting choice. I believe that Emily would fuck him or want even date him. Well, I mean, I think a lot of people would say that about me and some of the guys I fucked. But (laughs) just kidding. But it's true. Oh yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. No, you know what I mean. And you too, I'm sure. Where people are like, "Ew, really?" Right. You're like, "What?" Um, But she also like. This makes me sad because at my high school, there wasn't really like a pressure or like a currency of sex, really. Like you were either in like the top tier or the low tier if you were dying to fuck. Right. You were like the middle people had boyfriends or girlfriends or just didn't fuck um, or saw someone at Jewish sleepaway camp. But like... For the most part, like this whole attitude of like girls being like, just get my virginity over with really bums me out. Cause I only see it in movies or from like stories from other people. I did that. You did? Yeah. How old? 18. Oh, nice. uh, but it was a guy I wanted to fuck. That's good. So it wasn't like I just got it over with necessarily, but I kind of was like, I'm just going to do it. Were you seeing each other? No, but I had like a huge crush on him. Is it a party? No, he, he like, I met him at like a new wave kind of club oh my God. <laughs> and he was like really hot and I just wanted to fuck him. So I does and mm-hmm. girl positive, uh, started Jenny Garth. That's how our lead got HIV. So just cause well, she I liked a guy. <laughs> no, I know. But thank God. I'm just saying, right. you know, no, he wasn't like a gross guy or anything. No, yeah. uh, she, she lost her virginity to a very handsome man who just had a secret heroin problem. Okay. Yeah. He was shooting up. So I got lucky that he died. Um, so, I'm happy for you, though. Thank you. Congratulations. That's good. Um, back in his room, uh, Lucas goes to message Heather on Facebook, but decides not to. Then he sees someone named Lucas22 carved into his desk. This is a very important plot point, I guess, because uh, we follow it throughout the whole movie. Right. Uh, then we see Emily trying to write a series of extreme headlines over oh, this, this is like, amazing. monologue. It's so stupid. I'm going to play the monologue. It's... Uh, 2455 to 2544. No, I actually found my memoir title. Oh, you in did? This, on, in her monologue. I her, didn't or write her down, title, and not the monologue. I didn't write title. down any of the headlines, so I glad did. you did. Well, it was too good. They had to speak to someone. Lucas 22. At first, I was like, is it a time traveler? Like, I literally thought 2022. Me too, and I was like, "Wait, what year was this movie?" No, these, ha- these these buildings are literally from the early 1800s. I know, I know, it's crazy. No, I forgot I was that too. Intelligent and thoughtful and loyal to a fault, and I had tons of personality. Tons of personality. Who says that? Who's saying? Four years of sun looking ahead and looking back. It's your first title. Four years of indoctrination into objectification and sexual inequality. She is a hysteric. I love that she thinks she's a journalist too. Are you okay? She feels herself so hard. This school is filled with injustice, inequality. If you're not beautiful, I think she's supposed to be a Boston girl too. Ignore you and your best friends. Her accent is like a Disney Channel star doing a Sean Connery impersonation. Totally. That's just the way the world works. Not many kids. Like you have to be from some shit. This is my memoir title: Sluts Prevail. (laughs) Sluts Prevail. An expose, girl. I love that for you. Why did she cancel that one? It's the best choice she. It is a pretty, I would say, a bald, uh, it a bald is a headline. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I love that this teacher has history written on the blackboard. I don't know why that kills me. I know. It will. Like, let's get our exposition out by just putting history. It's like such a classic 
it's such, it's the device. Like it's what you do. If it's a movie based in school, they have to be studying something. But they would never put that in classroom. You would never have history written on the board. If you're history, unless it's like the first day of school and you're like nervous. Someone is lost. Yeah. It's so weird. It is so weird. So it's like one of these things. I don't know if you're like me, but whenever they would do these things where they'd be like half the class is to draw a name and like, that's your partner. Like I would always be like, please don't give me Martin. Please don't give me this kid Martin. Yeah. Every single time I pulled, I got the exact person that I would be willing myself not to be with. Every time. Like, without fail. I don't remember ever getting someone I wanted. No, but, like, I would get the person I specifically didn't want. And I just was like, this is... I am too powerful a manifester. Yes. Yeah. I got to start. Yeah. So it was like you were putting the Harry Potter hat on and saying, not Slytherin. Right. <laughs> what do you think I would be? I hope I'd be Gryffindor. Oh, I don't know. I love that. Maronical. I don't like self um, described Slytherins. That's like a passion of mine. Yeah. I think it's, not, it's always like, the dorkiest people. It's like, you're not Slytherin. Calm the fuck down. You fucking wish. Oh, Raj. Uh, so, you know, Raj is like totally Raj thinks he's Slytherin. Slytherin. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so they are. She gets bit. Lucas. Yeah, she gets Lucas. And the arrangement that they have to do is like they have to find a historical figure that stood up for what they cared about. Um, this is another type of scene I really love in bad movies where they start discussing Harry Truman dropping the bomb. And you can tell that the, the screen directions are like they get excited by their intelligent yeah. conversation. But you're just like, this sounds like a fourth grader wrote it. Yes. The, the level of history knowledge is so low. No, I. No. But they're acting all invigorated having this like academic discussion. Well, I like this writer because you could tell that they spent like two days with a rich kid and then just kind of did like Google and guesswork for the rest. And then like kind of just got creative where they're like, I don't fucking know about history. Like, I guess I'll just pull some shit out of my ass. So like, then they go with the other uh, most obvious thing in the world, Rosa Parks, which they then hung a lantern on because, you know, Emily's like, we should do Rosa Parks. Like she made like, you know, butterfly effect, effect shit. And like, Basically, Lucas goes, well, that's like a little like ninth grade to be writing I thought that was a really good diss. It's a really fucking good point is he, what it is. Well, it's a good point, but he dunked. That's a hard dunk. Yeah, it is a it is a hard dunk. Especially like, if you're in an academic school. Yeah. I mean, it should be beyond. Yeah, but she's got the pussy in the relation. So she's like, this is what we'll be writing about. He gives in. They're going to do it. Um, she's like, well, anyway, got to go. And he's like, well, where do you got to go? He's like. Uh, you know, I'm, you're not the only one who has a life. I'm going to see a guy named Philip. He goes to Harvard. And, like, Luke couldn't care seeing. more. Like, she could be, okay. like, the Fritos are A7 in the vending machine. Like, it, like, literally, she could say anything. I think I know what my problem when I heard the name Philip was. Because my association with Philip and Boston is the Craigslist killer. Oh, yeah, Philip <laughs> so Markov. When I was thinking Philip, I thought of him, that type of guy. Did you know he was eight inches cut? Yeah, I did. <laughs> That's heard the name that. of our Facebook group, Eight Inches Cut. Okay, I need to yeah. be in that group. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think I was thinking of Philip Markov. So when I yeah. saw Philip, I was like, well, that's, not, that's yeah. not what I had in mind. Oh, we I had a killer. <laughs> so the group wants to vote on their name for what they're going to be called. And we have some contenders. I'm going to put up a poll. But one of them I love is called The Pockets or The Duffs or... Um, the nacho experts, um, which is based off of Katie's nacho expertise and, uh, <laughs> the Jody area story. Um, uh, but there's some good ones. You guys join the group, go to eight inches uncut <laughs> the mother may sleep with podcast story. It's in, uh, just search for the number eight 
and then inches spelled out cut. Uh, and I know that that pulls up a lot of different stuff, but you want to be looking for the mother may sleep with podcast version. Okay. She's beating herself up in her room when she's getting ready. And she says carpe diem. Like she does her own. That was insane to me. Cause it's like very associated with another prep school movie. Babe, she's <laughs> be loving. They love their Latin honey. You cannot get enough Latin in this world. So- I like to think the director was like, this is a nod to dead poet society. Yeah. You know, he's like, I have some litter. I have some film cred. He's like, while I was in the, while I was in the out of the closet, they picked me up at before I (laughs) spent a lot of time just watching dead poet society on box TV in the spare room. So, um, we're going to just play this whole Phillips scene because like, wow. I mean, if you've ever been a fucking loser, like welcome to the most traumatized trigger warning. If you've ever been a fucking loser, get ready for the most (laughs) realistic portrayal of you having sex ever in your life. Like early dating, elementary dating, 101. I felt so hard. I can't but by the way like now these are the guys i look back on and i'm just like you just like would pick me up at college and like bring me to wendy's and get me fries and like just want to listen to pug rock and like be a good friend and a listener and like you never like made you never were like gross with me you were just happy to be there and like i fucking ruined your life like for a little while you know now you have kids and i see them on instagram but like you know philip is she'll miss him someday Oh, the Roomba. The Roomba comes into play. I was wondering about it. This is their big comedy bit. There's a Roomba and Raj in Lucas's room. Sorry. No, they're not. Uh, oh, this is the Chappaquiddick moment. It was 25 years ago. I wasn't this drinking and driving. dad defending himself. Bad, and the accident wasn't my fault. The police reports attest to that. But these allegations don't seem to be going away. These allegations are classic yellow journalism, and they come from my rival's campaign. Don't you think if I'd have done something wrong, I'd have been prosecuted? We have a justice system in this country, and I believe in it, and so do the American people. You don't think he did it? The woman came out and said that he wasn't at fault. Come on, it's a smear campaign. going to take her home anyone else i like for sure thought she was gonna get date raped i mean or rape i always just think i mean it is a date um but 
you know, I always think that like anytime, I mean, I guess just I'm always on high alert, but like this throughout this entire movie, I'm shocked. Like six rapes don't happen. Yeah. It does seem like there'd be more sexual assault, especially with like Dylan on the loose. How has he not raped at least 10 people? Everyone. Right. Right. I mean, mean, he probably doesn't even know though at this point, like the girls will realize 10 years later. Well, it's probably a lot of uh, gray area. Absolutely. Gray area. A A hard yes. Totally. Um, so this room a bit, I mean, it's the best we can get from them. I'll take it. I didn't love it. But we don't really get why it's it's there. No, and they do a callback to it later where it's like, are we supposed to have something sweet like Roomba memory? Like it's so right, strange. Like, oh, he's he 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 did something good. Like he's an unsung hero. <laughs> the Roomba. There's this like interesting setup when we come back from commercial where Cotton is in the locker room and he goes to the coach. He's like, Hey, can I get your advice on something? And I fully thought we were gonna see like the him getting advice thing. Right. But it's just a setup so that Lucas can then sneak in. But I really was like, I want to see what Cotton needs to say to an adult man in private. Like, I thought. I also got some. I was like, is this a Jerry Sandusky? Oh, it would be some juice. Yeah. Or like, maybe. Yeah. Like, I feel like in this type of movie, you think everything has some great meaning, but it's just a lot of shitty writing. Yeah. But I would think, like, Cotton's coach would be like, let's not take him to the back room. Like, let's go talk out on the field. Right. Let's do it in public. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, okay, I'm just going to call the nurse in here really quickly. Right, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Did they ever do that to you in school? Like bring in a witness? I don't recall. Oh, I had it once and it was like, I'm still scarred by it. It was so fucked up. Um, okay. So Dylan tells Lucas that Madison just broke up with her boyfriend and they all need to get in, um, get it in. Uh, Dylan has already gotten it in. So, um, next we're at a party. I like the parties in this. Again, the historic homes are perfect. This is a really good version of a high school party. The house is what sells it as Lux and the actual like drinking and stuff is very on on point. Um, I have a huge issue with like part movie parties. Um, Lucas gets cornered by Madison. She offers him a bong made out of a styrofoam mannequin head. Now I'm going to bring down my glass mannequin head for you in a little while. I want to see if you could tell me if you think I can make a bong out of it. Okay. Cause I think this is like, honestly, one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. Um, you inhale through the mouth and, um, Basically, like, you know, she's like, Lucas, you smoke. And he's like, he's like, oh, she's like, don't worry. You're not going to be gay because you smoked out of this. And then we find out that, like, it's a mannequin of her boyfriend's face, which again, I'm like, that's still not gay. But like, she made him kiss her boyfriend. Yeah. There's some pause right. there. Um, so Lucas asks Madison if she has a condom. They start making out. Uh, she's like, I have no, the but I have the morning after, after pill, <laughs> which I'm like, girl, that's like really adult. That seemed not likely to me in high school that you would have the morning after pill is it it was over the counter at that point but and i also had a i had a roommate who like was around planned parenthood enough that they just like gave her 10 boxes one time right so we would often get no i never took any of hers actually but we would often get little knockity knocks on the front door on a saturday morning from a girlfriend or two being like hey and like it was kind of tight that i had like a local distributor of plan b in my house um i'm also shocked that lucas is gonna fuck her yeah he goes back and forth with that yeah and like what happened to heather last week right like he was he was just boning down over heather Clearly doesn't care about Emily yet, but they did make out. He's all over the place and I don't trust him as you never should. Um, Emily sees him and tells him like, oh, he, her boyfriend walks in and he freaks out. Lucas gets hit like 
you know, owned again in front of everyone. He gets hit in the face. And then Emily sees him and she's like, you could have a concussion. She pulls ibuprofen out of her vest, which she like makes fun of her for. And I'm like, she's just playing. That was a weird, I don't know. That she had the ibuprofen? Or that she was worried he had a concussion? She was just trying to talk to I him. So. I mean, but that's all. Well, it's he, had already, he had dissed her in public, too. Yeah. Busted kissing. Well, it's also the Philip of it all. It's like that she keeps going back for seconds, thirds, fourths with Lucas, right. even after he couldn't be mean to her in more different ways. It's like, girl, like you're too pretty for this. And this is where the the great line where he, the boyfriend said to Madison that you have an attitude because you're kind of hot, but you're boring. Uh, yeah. All you I talk love. about is yourself. Only reason anyone is here today is because you're kind of hot and there's free booze. Know why your parents are never home? Because nobody really gives a crap about you. That okay. really affected her. Yeah, that really did. I'm like, <laughs> has it not occurred to you previously? Um, so Emily is soothing Madison outside. Again, like Emily just tossing these fucking bones out. Like she's some sort of patron saint of like losers she's like consoling madison outside of the party she says so many kind words and then madison just gets up and walks away um and then emily goes home and friends lucas on facebook um right that was a very uh stressful moment which was so weird because like <laughs> i was like they weren't already facebook friends at like, this era, it was shocking Facebook, like at in 0405 when this took place like literally if someone was on facebook you were their friend right to me it seemed weird that this was a big moment when they've we're already friends before. Totally. And you're pretty much probably just friends with everyone in high school, right? I mean, come on. Well, there's 92 kids in school. Yeah. Emily and Lucas are working on their project. She wants to help him feel better, and, but he's all good. He tells her that they can study in his room. Uh, dorm dad is lax, and it's not like anything is going to happen, right? That was an insult. No. Yeah. He nagged I mean, her. If a guy said that to me, I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> do you think that, like, do you think he meant it, though? I think he was like, you don't invite a girl back to your room unless, like, I think at this point it was still, I was still unsure. Okay. I was interested in her. Yeah. No, I mean, why wouldn't you be? So Emily's like, of course, but portals. I think there's like something you get in trouble for portals. Yeah. They had, it was some word I didn't know, but I assumed it was like rules. Yeah. She goes, um, if a girl gets caught in a boy's room after hours, we both get suspended. And Luke's like, live a little. That was true at BC too in college. Um, she checks out books in his room. Yeah. They have like basically a small library in their room. Right. I liked... That was a very me thing. I would check out people's books. Totally. You have to. I actually was shocked that she was more impressed by Jonathan Franzen than Philip Roth. Same. And then, like, of <laughs> course, like, the whole thing is just, like, Vonnegut ends this whole thing. So it's like, okay, right. so this is This where, is another smart conversation that was actually very dumb. This, this writer just got Tumblr for a week. Yeah. So, um... They genuinely work on the project and just like hang out and talk. Uh, and then he shows there's a Lucas 22 on his desk. Um, they're listening to a sound like song of Where's My Mind by the Pixies. It's pretty good. Um, he tells her that he wonders what he did here, Lucas 22, uh, what he did in his life. Um, apparently this has been like some big moment for him. So she asked him about schools. He's like, I don't know. I'm probably going to go back to Nebraska unless there's a miracle at which I could afford Yale. Um, and they start making out right away. It's all happening. I, like says Yale, I'm poor. The two of them just like smash. And he tells her he doesn't want to have sex. At first she's a little bit upset. And then he's like, I've just never done it before. She's like, Oh, and he's like, I just wanted to be someone, you know, under the right circumstances. So let's play this clip from 42, 11 to, 4414. I'm not. Oh. I, I just wanted to, to be with someone that I know really well. 
got me the right circumstances. Caught in that time, I caught him looking at gay porn. It was a pop-up, man. How many times are I going to tell you that? I was just reading. Put my headphones on. Well, come on. we got to go scope out the ACC. Right now? Yeah. This thing has to be planned meticulously. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go. obvious. Lucas and the others were planning something, but I was too wrapped up in my feelings to notice. Still believing in the fairy tale of what Sutton should be instead of what it was. Why does she have such a fairy tale? Everything else about this girl implies that she's too smart to believe in half the shit she's spewing. Right. But like, they feel like the, their, the narration completely sells her out at every turn. And also it's like, she's talking about like Greek tragedy and like Shakespearean shit. Now she's talking about fairy tales. It's like, girl, pick a lane. Yeah. Like, are you super yeah. intellectual or are you a child? Right, and she's supposed to be a writer. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, they're like, <laughs> this is what writers do. They reference like, they reference so strange. Lucas texts her, sorry, have to take care of this. Hit you up later. Um, which is like, up there on the lifetime text message list of I want to divorce you uh, from <laughs> Brittany ever after. Next day, they zero in on him to make a plan. Uh, uh, Raj to make a plan. Uh, Raj agrees to give them the camera for 48 hours after some like bullying or whatever. Lucas, they're going to give him 200 bucks. Lucas says he has to study. The other guys went to, uh, go, went to go find the girls who they're going to agree to do this. Um... Dylan says uh, that he doesn't need to worry about getting anyone's permission to be filmed. He's just going to set it up. Right. Cause Cotton was like, well, how are we going to, will the girls agree to it? I don't it's know. Like Cotton, Cotton, are you going to hire a PA for the weekend? It has some releases since, I mean, it's just insane. Sorry guys. I'm opening an entire carton of cigarettes because I don't know where any of my stuff is, but we kind of know what Raj's point now is. Cause he has the night vision equipment. Yeah. But like we said, it could have been Anya. And I did realize actually when, uh, they were doing the Facebook business back in the dorm pre or no, when they were watching Dylan's dad on the news, Raj was absolutely looking at glow in the dark bugs, like on his computer. I didn't realize that previously. Yeah. Yeah, So no, this is also where cotton says he got caught accidentally looking at gay porn. Oh yeah. Dylan's like, Oh please dude. Like (laughs) you, I got, I busted you. And he was like, it's a pop-up. Yeah. No, it's not true. Yeah. I mean, true life. I think there was a scene of Madison talking to her parents. Oh, well, 
Anya has asked, uh, Anya and Raj are grilling Emily for asking Lucas to a lecture. She says it's related oh, right. to her project. She starts to get defensive. Then Lucas, uh, he tells Emily he'll go with her. He's playing it cool. Then we see Madison is talking to her mom and dad. Um, and she says, so what if the housekeeping bill is double? You haven't been home in two months. I can't even remember the last time you got angry at me. Does mom even want to talk? So she was talking to the dad. Mom doesn't want to talk. Then she was fine and hangs up. She's troubled. Uh, it's rough. Emily stops to talk to her, but Madison tells her that they need to uh, talk later. She needs to study. Then we see a cute montage of Lucas and Emily getting ready for their respective uh, in their respective rooms for their dates. Right. They both look adorable, and all of a sudden, it Lucas, was very uh, like like a rom com from the late nineties. The ever the amorous girls. Lucas, <laughs> like he's moved on to the next one already. Right. Like it's so strange with him, man. I would not trust this man, Emily. Like, do not let him stay after senior year. Um, so. Emily's telling a story about how her mom should be in therapy. Oh, they're on the date. She's like, and then I told my mom she should be in therapy because she has a boob job. Very that progressive. Weird, and he talks about his dad having a heart attack. Yeah. Then she's like, what does your mom do? She's like, works at a department store. She's like, huh. So, she's also judgmental. Oh, totally. Like, because no one at this school has a mom that works at a department store, right. which leads me to wonder, like, yes, I, I would say that I got some scholarships because I had a deadbeat dad, but I also am not really totally clear on how he afforded to go to this school from like Nebraska. Right. Was there like a settlement because he had a heart attack at work? Like, right. It, we see, he wasn't a scholarship student because he was struggling. Well, he probably was, but he had a partial, but yeah, like it might've been because he was like, cause like to come all the way from Nebraska, there's plenty of private schools between here and there. Come on. Right. I don't right. know. Uh, I'm going to need some uh, loose ends tied up. They have a split the check moment, which is really weird. He picks up the tab. Uh, then we see a classic carnival date. I would like to poke okay. a hole in this of many sizes. Oh, me too. So this is supposed to be like towards the end of first semester, which is, by the way, it's snowing. Like it's fucking right. snowing. Like if it's raining, it's not cute rain. It's not like romantic stroll rain. They would need to have parkas on at the very least. Right. Like if this is past October, they have parkas on uh, but they're walking on this like little like as if it might as well be the santa monica pier which i really for everything else it was pretty accurate i would say all of the off-campus locations were super questionable maybe the place they had dinner with the guys was not questionable but this was like this was like you're in a different you're in a different movie they're also making out in real life they're making out in like public which i always think like i think most of the kids i went to school with would have been too afraid to be that brazen when they were off campus at a but place they were they sort were of far to be. away right i guess Maybe. yeah i guess the car factor is big but then this is really dark so they're leaving and they see a, a clown get dunked to the dunk tank this that is was amazing, a weird scene right yeah. it means nothing so emily goes how much do you think that guy gets paid to do that and um, Lucas is like, well, at least it's raining. What? And then it's like this whole DSA versus neolib conversation. So she goes, <laughs> um, I was like, the world needs to be more fair. And Lucas is like, it should be, but it's not. She's like, she's well, really obsessed with fair. Like, what is wrong with her? Honestly, me. Like, that's like me, like, until I was like 28 and I realized, oh, this is just never going to pan out. Um, because it could be. Why? Because communism works. Some people have to be poor and work crappy jobs so they can be rich. Emily, oh my God, you're a Republican. Lucas, no, I'm not. Take it back. Emily, you're an elitist. Uh, Lucas, honestly, I'm not. I'm just a realist. It's sad, but that's the way things are. It's not going to be, it's not the way things should work. It's the way things do work. Nothing's going to change that. And then they start making out. These two always making out in the middle of conversations that have like 
no sexual tension. Um, so he gets a text from the guys. He has to be there with the camera. Uh, he leaves her there at the carnival. Give her cab money, apparently. Right. Um, I'll call you a lift. <laughs> but Emily says out of nowhere, she goes, I thought we were going to go hang out with my cousin in Boston. Yeah, what the fuck was that? I had never heard that plan. I'm like, you guys were supposed to be at a lecture. Yeah. Like, you just... Now you have all these new Cut plans. ahead three new plans. Right. So Lucas can't get his car started. Uh, the guys are freaking out, trying to get it ready. For some reason, they are managed to figure it out on their own, and they start filming. Uh, there's five of them in there in uniform with one girl that we cut to commercial. Come back on the dudes watching the tape back in the room. They're laughing. Um, I have the audio here. Do you want to hear it? Okay. 5313 to 5502. <laughs> oh my God. And then, she, and then she's like, sure. Everybody. <laughs> We're going to be legends here. So the end of time. Hey. Luke, where have you been for the last like, three hours? How could you miss this? Oh it was unholy. I mean, better than anything they could have imagined. Okay, uh, start from again. Oh, yeah, here we come, here we come. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. She started it. Oh, yeah. She started <laughs> All right. So we blur our faces in numbers, then, other than handoff, there's got to be not a word of this to anybody. Okay? We have to make a pledge. Luca just starts it, starts snatching up equipment, has the SD card with the final copy of the video on it. Oh, here's the oh, one. That's a premonition or whatever foreshadow. One ninety-five. It's a premonition as well. I don't even know how much it is to fix the car. No, it's not even an option. Guess I just don't have a car anymore. No, come on, Mom, we'll be alright. There's nowhere to go anyway. Okay, so we're in Emily's room now, and she just got a text from um, I am for Lewis saying or Lucas saying, uh, "Did you make it back?" Okay. Ballsy. It's even more ballsy though, because he next does a video chat. <laughs> and I was just kind of thinking, like, luckily she has her makeup on still. Like, if someone just video chatted me without asking first, I'd be pissed. Whenever it happens, I feel like I feel like attacked. I'm waiting to like see all my mean girls from high school on the other side. Like, it's always I'm like, why? Like, it's usually a girlfriend like late at night, and it's either someone I super trust or right, someone right, that I'm right. kind of like. Why you might happening? be trying to fuck me. Like you might be trying yeah, to like fuck me from know. the inside, hurt my feelings. Right, right, right. And like I'll pull up looking like a mess. And then there <laughs> on the other side of that is my entire career. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't know. There's something shady about it. It's so shady. It's like trying to catch you in a moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so um 
It's important to remember every, that he gave him everything, by the way. So, so it'll find out later. Um, Lucas texts Emily. She got home. Okay. Well, it's a video call. Uh, Emily says she will do anything for Lucas. And then we see Cotton is in the library, prob Skyping with his boyfriend, Molly. Uh, he, oh, he's, uh, talking to a guy that's at, uh, Milford Academy, which is a local other rival school. He tells them that they made a video and he sends it to him. Uh, word is already starting to spread. And Cotton is like Jeff, uh, Galilee from the Tanya case. He's like, right. the, he's just like, oh, well, I might. I mean, I don't know. Maybe someone. I, mean, I literally downloaded it and sent to someone on Dropbox. But yeah. <laughs> the thing with, uh, here's the line that I, I thought with Cotton was bragging. And he said, it was like a daisy chain or a daisy train. Did they like set like human centipede? It was like her? a daisy chain. Yeah. Like honestly, like <laughs> what was that? Were they such I just a disgusting, them like a- strange, like Northeast like reference, like a okay. daisy chain. Like it was just like, it was so innocent for what a filthy thing they're describing. Right. Or I mean, poor I school uniforms. I was like, I have to look this up. Is this like an urban dictionary? No. I just pictured this like, Human centipede fucking train. I think they just went it once seamlessly. Okay. okay. Like, so I took it to next level perv. Like although it was some kind of like ass fucking train or something. I mean, I'm sure it was full of seams. Like this is right. cotton selling that. Like three morning after. <laughs> I wouldn't even know what to do. Like I no. would be after like the second guy, I'd be like, all right, like I gotta go back. I, mean, I didn't get my parents' love either. <laughs> I didn't participate in a, willingly in a gangbang. And she did see like a willing participant. Absolutely. Yeah. She, oh, she was dying to do she it. She wouldn't wanted to do it. She didn't want to be filmed. I think yeah. that's the key. I mean, it had to stay between them. <laughs> right. Her and the yeah. five guys she fucked. Fill me up with love. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't film, film it. Um, so, uh, we're at the passing dad ceremony. Oh, this is great. So they decided, this is, insane. <laughs> this is actually, I have to say, uh, a pretty brilliant shot for a lifetime movie right. where they just, they pull out the DVD that they're going to hand off and they hand it to Dylan. Who's the first, the line of like six guys dressed like Tom Cruise in risky business. And they all look really good. <laughs> I was actually shocked that they knew that movie yeah. to make that. Like that would come to them like, oh, we should do risky business because <laughs> they had a lot of bad ideas before that. They probably know it because it's it's mocked in other more popular things. Right. It's like a, something that's parodied. Yeah. Like Vince Vaughn did it or something. Right. You know? Right. 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 Totally. Um, so they're at the passing down ceremony. The hysterics come on and they give a copy of Freud's hysteria uh, to school. So there's that. Uh, very. Oh God, that was like so sad. Yeah, when Anya told the joke and it just didn't land. It didn't land at all. Uh, Emily gets the email, the sex tape. Um, Lucas texts Emily, says, "What are you doing? Are we still studying?" But he comes to the paper office to find out that Emily is fucking rip shit. She is frothing, bitch. She's ready to go. She has rabies, and she's like, "Oh." I was busy working on a piece about, uh, about this video. Uh, Lucas, like, there's rumors going around, but like, you know, it's not a big deal. She's like, I have the video. Okay. She was texting the video during the bequeathing ceremony. Yeah. Now she's full on journalist. From- she's like, I'm a journalist. This is journalism. Right. And it, like, like, who says this is journalism? <laughs> there's a big hole here in that it came from the email editor. It came from the editorial department at the newspaper 
to the editorial department at the newspaper. Right. So I was like, is Milford like fuck you from the inside? Like yeah. what's happening? Yeah. So she's going nuts and she's like, I don't believe that your car broke down. And even if it did like blah, 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 you're just saying you would have gone if it did. It's like, literally this is one of those situations where only a high school girl could continue going this many rounds where it's like, you said it all like, right. No matter how you slice this, this is bad. Gotta go. Um, So everyone at the school is checking out the tape. Madison walks in the hallway and peeks over someone's shoulder to learn that not only was her encounter filmed, but everyone has seen it. Dylan's fucking pissed. Uh, He confronts the junior that he handed it off to. So they handed it off. He says, make sure you show this to no one until we leave. Um, Why would you trust a junior? There's that too. He says he has no idea how someone at Milford saw it. Then it clicks. It was cotton. Dylan goes to kick his ass. So we're going to pay 105.15 to 109.44. Wait. Did we do the get to the line yet about negativity? Dylan says that negativity is so middle class. Yeah, he goes, they're like, why haven't you called out Lucas? And he's like, because he's negative. I hate negativity. So middle class. It was a brilliant line. That was a really good whisper when they were like, slut. Yeah, it was. I mean, the whole school was like reeling. And then I did think she had like a moment in the bathroom again, crying, which kind of reminded me of the scene at the season finale of The Bachelor with Ari. Did you watch that season? Uh, I watched that part. She was in the bathroom crying and trying to get people. <laughs> For some reason, it reminded me. It's like, leave her alone. She's I know. Crying. I can't I know. see women crying in the bathroom anymore. Oh, wait. You had a great tweet, which was like, this is how you knock on the door when someone has diarrhea. Oh, no. It was Michelle Collins. This is how you knock on the door when someone has diarrhea, not when you just dump them. Like, oh, wait, 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 wait. When he, like, he was knocks, like, like, thing? Yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> it's like, oh, honey. Um, so let's play 105.15 to 109.44. Hey, it's Dylan. I need to talk to my dad. It's very important. Like, when do you think he can call me back? Soon enough, word had gotten to everyone in the administration. Uh, ma'am, Mr. Johnson is calling, uh, along with Dr. Lee. And then there was a member of the Board of Trustees. We'll call them back. I can't believe this. Get our counsel on the line. And I want to talk to that girl from the paper, Emily Palachuk, and I want to see her now. We traced the video that was sent to Mount Fort back to Cotton's IP address. An official inquiry had begun and there'd be a disciplinary committee hearing just before winter break. They wanted blood. Perhaps justice would finally come. What did you tell them? Nothing. I didn't tell them anything. What did they know? I don't know. We're finished, man. No. No. They don't know anything. Or they'd have called us all in. So, what do they say? They said they're going to recommend expulsion. Well, good. They deserve it. 
No, they meant for me. Uh, they don't know which boys were there. They want to expel you? They said it was likely for, uh, for posting a video that was injurious to the school and severely lacking in judgment. Like the placid surface of a pond struck with a rock, the shock waves rippled out in all directions. This is so messed up. So messed up. I need to call my parents on Skype. Oh, but I can't because it seized my computer, Lucas. I'm sorry. disciplinary committee the whole team's going before the disciplinary committee which is good why is that good because it means they don't know anything and they're trying to figure it out it means they don't know who was there or who wasn't there were six guys in the video so they're going to expel six people and they're not going to stop until they figure out who we were luke i can't have been there that night in the locker room even where my dad's at you understand yeah what are you gonna do? What if you could pay for you? You want me to say that I was there? That you weren't? I'll get expelled. That's nothing. We can take care of that. You can finish at Mountford or some other place next semester. My dad's people will make sure of it. Why can't you just call Sun and make this all go away? It's not that easy. Not everyone in the administration's a friend. Well, what about Madison? Barrage. We're going to take care of them. Like we're taking care of you. Think about it. You can go to Yale. Or you can go back to nowhere, Nebraska. You can rise to the top. And I'm not just talking school. You want to go on vacation in San Tropez for spring break? You want to take your mom to Paris for Christmas? You can. My dad said he'll even set up a trust fund for you at your choice but I just need this favor you gotta do this for me think about it I don't need to think about it Amen. your whole life is about to get easier Okay, so this presented a very interesting dilemma to me. Right. I don't would think you I ever saw this. this. No. I wouldn't either. I don't understand how he would still be going to whatever Yale after being accused of doing this and kicked out of boarding school. I mean, or prep school. Right? I mean, I guess that's the Donald Trump of it all. Like, I think that's the thing that you, I, and like most other people will never understand. But like... Maybe if there was the right finessing and the right strength, because like Lucas can fly under the radar. He could be come in as a student of mystery. Like Dylan has a family name, a famous dad. Like he does something wrong. Everyone knows Lucas. He's just a kid who fucked up and they can, if he has the right friends at Yale or whatever, he can get in around that. Yeah. I was surprised that he went along with it. I was, I was really surprised. I thought he was, a, you know what? Nothing is, has shown that he is of any better character. So I don't know why I'm like giving him credit, but it could just be the, uh, experience we have with these type of movies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the poor kid does have the moral compass. 
But you're right. He hasn't shown We'll that. see what happens. So, um, I thought the ending actually had a f- quite a few twists. That I was you were right. I was like, it, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like the worst is when you're on your second or third viewing and you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Like that's <laughs> like, that's crazier than I thought the first time. Um, so Emily is all forlorn as she's walking through campus. She's Wednesday Adamsing it up. She sees Lucas under a tree and he's looking at the grave of Lucas 22. Right. And she's like, what's the deal with this? And he's like, he owned a shop in town. It's not there anymore. I don't want to be like that. I'm sorry. I wasn't honest with you. So first of all, how do these four thoughts go together? Like you don't want to be a guy that owned a successful small business that closed when you passed. Right. That was weird to me. Like, I don't want to be a shop owner. Or like, is he saying I'd rather like, be known as the sex tape? Yeah. <laughs> like or a like gangbanger. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I don't want to, he owned a shop in town. It's not there anymore. Okay. But then maybe that's one thought. And then the other thought is, I don't want to be like that. Meaning the way he was before. I don't was sorry. I don't know. It's man. weird. It was a weird scene. Laziness. This is like someone trying to like get it in on deadline and they're just like, just remove this line. And like, there's something really key missing there. Um, yeah, I don't know. So Lucas says, um, they say the universe is infinite. Now this is where I want to wonder. I, th- I have a question. So at the beginning, Emily says at the, um, in her opening line, she says, maybe in another place we would have been friends. Do you think that in the original, like that was maybe in another universe or maybe in another world? And they were trying to, because maybe in another place. Well, didn't they have a, a conversation earlier about universe? They did. This is about to happen now, but that was oh. like the first line in the movie. It was said right. maybe was in another kind place. Of thing, yeah. And then Lucas goes on this stoner like universe. Oh, right. And then it happens again later. Yeah. Sorry, I got confused. So every, every decision we make is split, it splinters into the universe into a different one. So in one universe, Heather and I are still together. Okay, Lucas. And then in another universe, instead of her, you and I started dating when we first met. And then in another universe, I could afford Yale. And in another universe, none of this crap ever happened. This is something that only a person her age would hear and think, wow, this guy is really smart. I just were like, why do all the universes revolve around Lucas? Like literally right. like, like he's the- Thanos or something. <laughs> like like the, the outcome <laughs> of every universe is completely dependent on his decisions. It's insane. It's a narcissist. So Emily confronts Dylan in the hallway. Because she and Lucas had a talk, and she's like, "Just tell him no." And she, he's like, "I can't." So Ellen, Emily like inserts herself. She confronts Dylan in the hallway. She's like, "I know what happened. I I know that you were there, and um, I know you've been bullying Lucas." And um, Emily's like, "I know, I know who you are inside, and I'm, you're gonna have your dad pay everyone off." Like basically, like just and I know what you did last summer. <laughs> if he if he says yes at all, like if he gives any sort of affirmative response. On the off chance she's recorded, and this is when anyone who has any sort of savvy would be like, I'm not saying anything out loud, my friend. Like, right. For me, I know enough that I will never admit or say anything bad or illegal I've done. <laughs> like, especially when it's like when someone is like line by line saying everything they need to. And so you're to saying incriminate to you. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I know what you did. You, 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 you did last him. summer. You were uh, there last night. Uh-huh. So Raj comes in. Uh, he starts something with Lucas. He's getting expelled the day before the hearing. Why did he get expelled? I couldn't figure it out. Don't know. Don't know. He gave the equipment, maybe, maybe, but like it was still like it seems like the least of the crimes, right? He didn't know what was happening, right? Exactly. Uh, So it was a technicality. You're never supposed to check something out, (laughs) right? It's like 
it's like it's not like he's like yes you're fil-. they never told him what they were filming with it so Dylan says he has to um, he had nothing to do with it he tells Lucas to stop worrying um, about the others he needs to do what's right for him Emily and Lucas catch up again and have a convo about whether or not they're uh, gonna go ahead and like tell the truth and Lucas says yeah like he's acting like he's all in suddenly we see the Roomba it's the only thing of Raj that's left behind yeah. it's this scene makes no sense it's like a collage of thoughts right Oh, wait, except for Raj's SD cards. Those are still left. There was a lot of SD cards. I kept calling them STD cards. You know what? You're probably not wrong. (laughs) Outside of the hearing, Emily sees Anya, and Anya's like, I'm going to do the right thing, and I want to tell the truth. I had nothing to do with this. It was all you. And Emily's like, it's okay. I was going to do that, too. And Anya's like, no, I don't like give a shit what you were going to do. You're not the person you used to be. You're just as bad as one of them. Oof. Hard to hear. More concerned with the uh, with the jocks and the elites. She even made a deal so she can get into Harvard. The only difference uh, is Emily thinks she has some sort of integrity, which is rough. Yeah. So basically, the entire end of the movie happens in these next four minutes, uh, th- uh, three minutes. So I'm just gonna play them and then we're just gonna wrap it out from there because you guys know what happens, okay? You know what happens, and if you don't know. Guess what? This is going to happen, and then they fuck, and everything's fine, and then it's the end of the movie. Restless Virgins. A really good Lifetime movie. I would love to, like, be in bed hungover with a sandwich, like, watching this, like... Right. You know, like, maybe I'd even rewatch the rerun if I was too tired to get up and find the remote. Like, this is a breezy watch. Um, It's very breezy. It's not... Yeah, it's not meaty. Like, I'll tell you that much. Like, you you get... There's a lot of downtime. <laughs> a lot of downtime. This is perfect to knit. It's a big knit. deal. It's a big build to get yeah. to the juicy stuff. But everyone's pretty. But then the end has jam-packed. Yeah, this Where is some school ties shit. <laughs> Minus, like, everything interesting about school ties. I was.
I examined the card. It appears that nothing is on it. That, that's impossible. It was on it this morning. I watched it. Mr. Hansen. I wasn't there. Without any further evidence, without any proof that contradicts your... No, it was Dylan instead of me. Guys, right? Mr. Hansen, without a viable alibi, without any proof to contradict your existing confession, I'm going to have to recommend expulsion. What the hell is it to me? Well, I'm getting expelled and you're getting off. You really think I'm going to let you get away with that? What do you want? What are you doing? I like that, but that's not You do that and you get nothing. Shut up. No, you're not listening to me. You keep your mouth shut about me being there, and I'll give you what you want. What is it that you want? More than anything. Often you have a moment where you actually feel yourself growing up, figuring out that what we wanted was less important than who we were. Dylan wanted to be remembered. Now he definitely would be. I wanted to get into an Ivy League school, but not at the cost of my soul. Lucas wanted to be great. And in my eyes, he was. You could have had everything. But guess what? Now you're going back to your trailer in Nebraska. Why? Because things ought to be right. You think this affects me? This is going to blow over. A couple months from now, this is going to be old news. I'm still going to go to Yale. And my dad's still going to get elected. People don't give a damn. Okay. Well, guess all is fair now. Okay, so Emily and Lucas are together, man. They bone it out. Uh, Lucas is like, I think I'm going to get a job, like, working. I don't understand why they're on different schedules. Like, yeah, like... He said, uh, so that he doesn't have to, so we can stay and work I guess because he doesn't break. live in that area, so he has to find a job to stay. And she has to do 322 hours of community yeah, service. Yeah, but I feel like she's from the area. Yeah, right? she said, like, yeah. I'm the local girl, which... I don't know, man. And then they also end with like a George Bernard Shaw quote. Oh yeah. By the way, my, <laughs> like, uh, my YouTube kept cutting that off and I was like, I feel like I can guess the vibe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like this is just her trying to have a literary moment again. It's so sad. Like girl, please. You read the Atlantic once. Um, so this movie was really good. Um, I think there was a lot of, uh, good stuff here. Important stuff. IMDB has betrayed us and taken away. Um, uh, all of the fun things that the audience likes to say that we used to read on the message board. But I will tell you a little anecdote. Well, last night I decided to uh, look into the socioeconomic situation in Milton because you watched Real Housewives Beverly Hills, right? right of course. Uh, $25,000. 25, yeah. Dana, you remember? Yeah. Okay. So she was a friend of on Real Housewives Beverly Hills. Right. But she was like a big show off with her money, labels, etc. Yeah. And, and um, they decided they had to bring her out on the reunion to like address this. And Dana has a fucking meltdown talking about how she's poor. She's from Milton. She's poor Milton trash. And like Milton has two reputations. Very, very uber wealthy. But it's also the town right next to like Lowell, which has some really fucking dodgy areas. My understanding of this area is that it's very high low. Um, It's either you're super fucking rich or you're bringing down the whole family. So um all I got from this after like two hours of talking to my friend about gentrification and everything else is that he's the reason why they have stickers on the front of the Apple store. 
Because um, uh, long story short, this has nothing to do with anything that happened in this movie, but he did tell me that he walked through the plate glass at the Apple store at the Grove and broke his nose. And uh, there was a lawsuit and that's why they have stickers there now. Oh, wow. And that's what came of my entire uh, adventure into trying to understand the socioeconomics of this town. Uh, Their endowment is gigantic. Um, I looked up like a crossroads, which I figured would be somewhat similar to this school, except it's not as old. So they don't list any endowment, but I'm sure they could rally that up in a day um we've added some new things here you guys we're running a little bit late because i was nervous when we started and blah 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 but listen desi's a mom um we have to get her out of here we're just gonna go into our new um our new scale which i think is really fun we've added some fun things so what is your favorite movie i asked you before we started this what is your favorite movie of all time um rosemary's baby okay so, if Rosemary ba- Rosemary's Baby is a five, okay. um, and all of these, uh, and, and Lifetime, most Lifetime-y is a one, on a scale of Mother May I Sleep with Danger to Rosemary's Baby, where was this on the acting scale? I would say it's a two. I would give it almost a three, two. Yeah. I was thinking two and a half. There was some pretty good, I thought some pretty good acting in this for how little the script gave them. I mean, some people were better than others. Yes, there's that. Some yeah. people, re- Cotton really brought down the crew. Let's go with two. I like starting negative for the season. <laughs> um, believability of the world and the characters. It's a new category. Oh, I think this was pretty good. I don't really know that world, but I would say maybe a four. Yeah. Um, creative use of words to avoid censorship. We had a lot a of few FNs. Yeah, FNs. I don't know how creative that is. You no, know, usually we get usually we get a lot more weird stuff like that. So and I, I'm gonna give it a one. I'm gonna give it a one, not a lot. Dialogue overall. Rosemary's baby or mother may I sleep with danger. I'm gonna have to give this a two. Stick with two. I'm sticking with you. All right. Wardrobe overall. I thought it was really good. Yeah, but is anything ever It was I like mean, a three. For me, I was three for you. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it's hard because it's all uniform, a lot of uniforms. The top bruises right. brought it up a lot. Right. And I liked their personal styles. I felt they were true. Yeah, they to were their, true. Mm-hmm. Uh, hair and makeup overall. I mean, I'm going to just say three, too. It was fine. Uh, music. Um, this is a four for me. Yeah, I think the music had some interesting ones. I'm going to say four. There were some solid jams. Like, we didn't get any, like, Evanescence moments, like, in Jody Arias, but we got, like, some really good sound alikes. It sounded appropriate for the time. Totally. Yeah. Um, okay, let's give it a four. Crying. I'm looking for that big crying jag scene. The only person we really got that from was Madison. And I don't feel like it was really jaggy. No, <laughs> it was not Tori Spelling-esque. Um, I'm going to give them two. Yeah, not great. Uh, victimization of the female character. Well, she did get gangbanged. <laughs> right. But and, she was a willing participant. And also, Emily seemed like naive to a lot of the slams that happened to her. Right. I don't think this is a heavy victimization. I'm going to go with two again. Sorry. Yeah. It's not. It's not a, you know, she got raped in her dad's car. Like that stuff happens a lot. That's too. really, yeah. Failure and or refusal to jump to the logical conclusion. Oh, well, it's this is one. probably where it's really a standout. Right? Yeah, this is like a four for me. I'm going to go with four. They get it. Uh, dropped plot lines. Oh, God. This is also... 
heavily. They, I'm going to give fuck, it a three. I fuck heavily with a three on that one too. It's the Roomba really. And the last one of our favorite uh, ones here is font. Oh, the font was very boring. It was like, it, it was, that, it just I, pulled straight out. I don't even know. That. Like it was just nothing. It's a one. Yeah. Okay. So it's a 31. Is that that's starting average? out strong? That's starting out strong. So that's very lifetime. We get around a lot of 27s. So yeah, that's, that's pretty lifetimey. This is a good, solid start to our season. Restless Virgins. I would recommend it exactly how I said it to you. Hung over with the pizza. Watch this with a boyfriend. You don't have to pay attention. No, you don't have to. No, no. You could definitely have sex during this movie and then like finish and then be like, Hey, what's up? You'd still be more successful than Philip. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, I hope Philip's okay. Philip's probably so rich. I hope so. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening to episode one. I am going to try and work on my uh, sickness more hardcore. I don't I don't know. I'm acting like I'm not doing enough, but I'm going to try and do more. This week, we have another excellent episode coming up soon. Desi, people can find you at Hollywood Crime Scene. That's your podcast right. uh, with Rachel Fisher. Uh, you just look it up on the iPod. Apple podcast store. And then you can find you on Twitter where Desi Judd. Yeah. Uh-huh. You guys have to follow her. She's fucking hilarious. Um, very dirty. Mm-hmm. Love it. I'm a restless virgin. You're a restless virgin. honey, <laughs> as we all should be. Um, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I'm Molly Magler. Sammy Junio is here. Wagon stuff. You're fine. Um, you guys, I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. How are you feeling about all this? I don't know. So I feel like this uh, door closed on this universe of possibilities. And then this new universe opened up in its place. So in the end, Dylan and the rest of the guys were expelled. Madison took a leave of absence from school. Who knows for how long. I was punished as well. But it was a little excessive, I thought. What do you even do for 320 hours of community service? (laughs) Seriously. I guess it's fair, though. My summer of penance. Maybe I'll, um, stick around. Get a job in town. Stalker. (laughs) I'm just kidding. That'd be kind of cool. Now, none of us knew exactly what the future held. So much for the five-year plan. Although maybe that was the best thing to come out of all this. Figuring out that life doesn't stop just because your plans change. One sec. Bernard Shaw once wrote, Youth is wasted on the young. Hey, George, you can have it. Thank you for listening to season three of Mother May I Sleep With podcast. 
Our show today was made possible by our coordinating producer, Nicole Matthew, as well as our producer, Sammy Junio. Much love to Christina Lopez for all of her help and Elizabeth Brozek for that killer logo. We love it when new listeners find our show. And the best way for that to happen is landing in the Apple podcast charts. You can help us out with that by making sure you're subscribed to the show. And if you want, leave a review. And if you really want to support the show, you can head to our Patreon, patreon.com slash M-M-I-S-W-P. For information on our ranking system, episode details, and social media, head to MotherMayIsleepWithPodcast.com. I'm your host, Molly McAleer. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram under M-O-L-L-S, Malls. And if not there, on my couch, binging Lifetime movies. See you next time. In a world saturated with glossy facades comes a podcast that's breaking barriers. This is Reppin. It's where we do a deep dive into subjects like belonging, to mental health, to courage, and more. On Reppin, you'll meet the faces you think you know and discover their untold stories. It's real, it's intimate, and it gives you insight into the real person behind the images. In a world of pretense, Reppin strips it all down. No filters, no facades. Learn and be empowered and find inspiration through thought-provoking stories that resonate with your journey. Every episode is an exploration into the truths and values that make us who we are. Representation, it's not just about race or gender. It's about you. Reppin ensures that every voice is heard. Every story is valued. So be seen, be heard, and be represented. Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts.